We're recording. We're recording. We're recording all day long. Oh, wait. We're actually recording and I'm singing like a jackass. <coughs> I mean, thanks, disregard. Buddy. Yeah, no. thanks. thanks for that. No, no, disregard. Didn't happen. Uh, not captured. It's fine. No. Hang on, I'll start the recording now, shall I? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. A show where we discuss tips, tricks and tools to help all Guardians succeed and enjoy playing more. What makes us different? Well, we're not streamers or YouTubers, we just have a passion for Destiny and are dedicated to keeping Guardians informed and up to date with all the latest Destiny 2 news, information and opinions. We encourage your questions and feedback and you can contact us either by email, two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com or on Twitter at two titans underscore hunter. Now, on with the show. <laughs> so, welcome to the show, everybody. I'm your welcome. host, Night Demon. That's Respawn. First-time listener, first-time caller. As always. And I'm joined with by Parody as well. Yeah, we are, I'm here. We are here to guide you through this week's plethora of announcements. <laughs> guide is a strong word that I'm not sure I'm comfortable with. No, no, no. We're here to guide. And <laughs> we, we're here to guide, Absolutely. We will light light the torches in the darkness to let the good people are, are follow we, through. Are we those examples of what right, not to do? We're right going to guide the, you by you know, doing the opposite thing. <laughs> and we have got an action-packed show for you this week. Ooh, we action. are we're going to cover the developer's video that was released when the Guardians finally rebuilt the Imperium Foundation for the Lighthouse. Yes, slackers. And yeah. <laughs> we are also going to discuss Luke Smith's Director's Cut Part 4, if we're counting them. So this goes into detail about what's going to happen coming up in the Bungie and Destiny's future. And then finally, we're going to cover this week at Bungie for the 27th of February 2020, where Respawn has definitely got some points to um, go Comments. over. Comments. Comments. Yes. Hot takes. Hot so takes. many hot takes. So to start us off, we've got a lovely surprise for Respawn. Hmm? Yeah, we've got a lovely surprise for you. Do you want to know what your surprise is? Uh, I don't think so. You... <laughs> Turn around behind you. Luna should have put the box on the desk behind you. <laughs> if you'll just open that up for us. Nope, not going to do it. So to, to alleviate some of the pain and frustration that Respawn obviously has got built up this week from reading all these different articles, we've gone ahead, or Peridy and I have gone ahead, and already recorded some of the fantastic information for you to listen to. So I will now insert that into the podcast. All right. So yeah, so Luke's, you know, the Destiny 2020 director's cut that Luke Smith put out uh, February 26th of 2020 the, from the Destiny dev team aka luke smith himself so he's you know we start out with just a little bit of you know they talk about the ex existential dread of all right we're splitting from activision we're on we're own we're on our own we've lost all of our other partners you know in that deal so you know their first pro problem was you know will budgie survive you know are we going to make it through this transition that was their initial fear of you know is is this going to work at all which you know everyone said oh yeah you'll be fine it'll work out but you know, that's, that was never a certainty. Like, yeah, there's a big community and they like where the game's going and they like the game, but you never really know how things are going to pan out. No, yeah, it was quite a big step, wasn't it, for them to suddenly just go, we're going to go self-publish. Right. 
it's all good and well people going yeah yeah you you know we'll support you we'll support you we'll, we'll still play your game but that's only half the kind of side of the coin isn't it you, you've got the funding you've got staff you've got there's so much to think about that that goes into it it's not like a, a decision they can make very lightly yeah exactly and, and everyone of course says oh we'll support you we'll stand there by your side and then when you come to them and say okay guys well you know we you know, we need a little bit of your support, maybe some financial support, some monetary support. People seem to sort of, you know, vanish and disappear all of a sudden, and, and now they're all gone. So, yeah. you know, it's, I mean, it was a big risk, and also just losing, you know, not just the Activision part itself, where everyone goes, oh, screw Activision, big company, evil company. But they also brought, you know, all the other partners, the Vicarious Visions, and all the other folks at the table that were able to help them create a lot of this content. All that goes as well. Yeah, with the help that they got from... Blizzard didn't they? They got they were looking at MMO stuff and they were talking to Blizzard about War, World of Warcraft and getting their insight on how the mechanics of their game work, so they how they could translate that into Destiny, which then kind of helped with a lot of systems and a lot of changeovers of how we went from like Destiny One to Destiny Two and then making that game even better than what it was originally. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not just the financial part of the loss but just just the you know the brain drain not having access to those people not being able to call up whoever or or you know and say hey you know how did you do this or hey we're you know we've got some questions about that or even just yeah just losing all that access is you know not not a small thing at all um so you know you know and now now you know he goes on to say you know you know obviously Bungie has survived so now they've gotten through that initial period they say well you know we've gone from will Bungie survive to okay where can destiny go and how can we get there and, and he talks about a lot about the aspiration of, you know, the aspirational gameplay, what your goals are and say, you know, aspiration isn't something reserved for the elite or the engaged it's for everyone. You know, although while I listen to how players express their feeling that there's too much to do and none of it matters, you know, he feels that pain. It's about the potential of the game to be more than something that just fills your time. It's about having goals and working towards something that matters to you. And that's sort of where I stopped and was the first big point where I'm going, okay, well, so, you know, they see Destiny, Destiny's a game is a, is a game about goals. You sit down and you're trying to accomplish something, you know, wh- wh- whatever that is, it's different for every person. But I feel like there's two big things about goals that are sort of important. like for the goals to matter, they need to have two, two parts, which I think, you know, this isn't Luke Smith. This is me parody talking. You, your goals need to be two things. First, they need to be obtainable or feel obtainable at least. And they need to be interesting. Because there's so much in the game to do, but if you're not interested, if you don't care, then it doesn't matter what the goal is or how hard it is, you're not going to do it. And it needs to either be obtainable or feel obtainable. And I think those are different because, yeah, I mean, like I could go out and obtain my not forgotten. I could go get my raid exotic. Like these are obtainable things, but there's a lot of risk reward and just time part of it too. Of yes, I could do this, but does it feel obtainable or am I going to have to spend, you know, four weeks grinding for this or run this raid a hundred times or, you know, go suffer through hours and hours of competitive, you know, even though I could theoretically obtain this goal, is it worth the time for me? And do I want to put the time into it? And at the end, is the reward even worth it? Yeah. And you've got to think about the time frame of players, because some players, like we've spoken about before, only have like an hour or two a night to play. And maybe that's not every night. Maybe that's just once a week. They get that time to play with their buddies and they can accomplish so much in that time but what is it that you actually want to accomplish in that time and is it going to keep you um engaged in whatever it is and yeah i mean there i mean i was listening to datto 
this week, he put out one of the videos of his feelings on the game and how he feels about it. And he's basically done everything and got everything. There's nothing for him to chase. But he is on the far end of the spectrum of players that play the game. You know, yes, he's going to have everything because that that's his main thing. He plays Destiny, he streams Destiny, he makes videos of Destiny. So he's going to have every weapon that there is possible because the chances of him playing over and over and over again and doing all those raids, doing competitive and whatever else it is, he's going to get it. The law of averages, the amount of time that he's put in, he's going to get it. And players like us that play the game whenever are still trying to get certain achievements or certain parts of the game. So I, I was I was a bit annoyed with with his um, his video to be honest because he always his opinions always like you know I've done everything and and, and I'm waiting for Bungie to, to to give me something else to do and it's like man it's not always about you it's if you don't want to play the game we're not forcing you to make the videos and play the game over and over and over again go and play something else if you want to don't make videos about the whining and, and moaning that you've completed everything. Other people haven't. The people that actually want to play the game day in and day out and enjoy the game haven't got everything because they haven't got the time to do that. I mean, I don't know how you feel about things like that. You know, you know I mean, I feel, I feel the same way. It's like if you're, you know, I, I've, been, I've been in a really advantageous position in the last year or so to be able to put a lot of time into this game. And, and I know that I... I, I I was thinking about this too because I don't see myself, you know, in, in terms of the pursuits and things like I'm like for PvP, like I'm an average PvP player. My KD is like just you know just shy of one. I win about fifty percent of my games, give or take. You know, it's I've gotten to the point where I'm decent, but I'm not good. I'm not going to carry anybody to anything. And sort of the same thing with all, all the PVE stuff. Like I'm I'm a decent player in things, and I've gotten a lot of time. So yeah, I'm I think I'm sitting at like level two hundred six or something for the season just because I've had the time. And the obelisks, which have greatly helped the you know just the level increase, just getting through that part. Yeah. But in terms of just like the reward of it, like I've had a lot of time to play, but I don't feel like that time was well spent, which is sort of dumb to say. And like you know, hear myself say is like I spent a lot of time with this, and I've enjoyed it because I've had a lot of time to play with friends. Like I'm always like I'll get on with Pan and we'll run the eighteen Warthog through Crucible, or I'll get on with you and we'll go do some higher level content. And, you know, we were able to get a whole bunch of clan mates through the heroic sundial this season, just from running it a couple of times and sort of figuring that out. And, you know, I've been able to help out some other people. Hey, I've got this quest that I picked up, you know, however long ago, I just need to do the last part of it. Hey, let's go jump in and do that. You know, I really enjoyed that role of being able to jump in. And since I've sort of already done it, I at least have some idea what we're doing, or at least I'm powerful enough as a player to do that. Yeah, but the reward, like you don't need to play the game that much. Like I'm, you know, and we're at the point of the season two where things are winding down, and you know, I'm seeing my, you know, my friends list move move more towards other games out there because they're like, okay, I'm the, I'm done with Destiny for the season. I've either completed everything and got the savior badge or whatever, or I've done as much as I care to do, and you know, there's nothing else. You know, there's nothing else here for me. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll come back to the game at the end of the season, and you know, in the next season, see what else is new. But just the like constant grinding for for different versions of the same gun and all this is just it's it's got a shelf life. You, you can only care about that so far. So I've I've been thinking a lot about sort of my time with the game as the season comes to an end because my my time with the game is going to come to a you know become drastically less as I'm going to have some change changing in life and job roles and I'm going to have less time to sit and just grind through a lot of this content. So when they're saying hey we're gonna we're gonna have less of those FOMO moments and try to move away from 
just the endless grind for things and put a shelf life on things, I'm a little happy about that because it means, hey, I don't have to spend so much time, hopefully, grinding the same content out for really, I mean, minimal gains. I mean, you can you can only have so many, you know, the the 7,000th time you get a weapon to drop, who cares? And the, And I'm still spend half my time deleting blue armor and blue guns out of my rewards. It's like, is this really a reward? Is this, was this worth it? <laughs> I mean, that just shows that you're kind of on the other side of my opinion. I mean, you know what I've been like with these obelisks and trying to get the perfect role on these weapons. I'm plowing in. I've, I, I put so much work into building up those obelisks so that I could get more fractal in so that when it comes to this point in time, these winding down weeks, I can finish off a couple of the triumphs and, and, and finish those bits off slowly as we get towards the end of the season. But then I'm kind of reinvesting into my tower obelisk, buying all the weapon bounties and then turning the fractal in, in to see if I can get the perfect role of those weapons from the obelisk. And I'm really, really mm-hmm. enjoying it. I, I, and that that's the part I, I, I enjoy that part of it. And I know you were saying you don't, and there's probably a lot of other people that don't enjoy that, but then that's what Destiny's about is all these different little things that you can do in the game and you can find enjoyment. I mean, some days I'm really sadistic and I really enjoy my inventory management of my vault. And <laughs> I will sit on Destiny Item Manager and I will play and look at like, it, it, why did I keep that role and, and, and look at it? different things seeing, so seeing if you have role seeing if you have space for anything else you can put into yeah, it yeah i've got to kind of need to keep that lasting i, I was thinking about you a lot when they're talking about like you know the and we'll get to this later you know the the shelf life of guns and moving sort of the inventory through i was like 19 will have a reason to get rid of some of these things and i know you'll still keep that gun at like you know 200 levels below because it will fit the perfect niche because i was also thinking about and this this and this episode i know is going to go all, all over the place as we sort of talk and guide you know work our way through this but just the point where a lot of the time your plate level doesn't really matter. Like I was, I, I was jumping in and just playing some Gambit Prime earlier, just trying to get, uh, trying to get another reset on the on the thing on my infamy. And I was like, hey, I've got some Gambit Prime armor on this warlock that's still 750 because it's the old armor 1.0. I don't really feel the need to infuse it. Let me throw that on at 750. It brought my light down to like you know only 900 from you know 960 or 80 or 70 or whatever it was. Yeah. And I can't really say I noticed a difference. Like, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, I died maybe a little bit quicker than normal, or maybe I didn't hit quite as hard in a couple spots. But really, as far as the gameplay went, I didn't really notice any difference, which made me think a lot of the, a lot of the sort of the light level grind, unless you're doing, again, you know, the, the high end content, you know, the master level stuff, the rating, light level doesn't really matter on most of the stuff, especially, uh, you know, a couple of points. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, well, like with everyone else going, Okay, well, this version's 960. Well, that's 962. Let me let me infuse that one or keep that one because it's absolutely the highest I can be. But it's just sort of yeah, it's sort of my chase of let me just sort of have the highest number on things. So maybe going forward it'll be useful or something. Yeah. But uh, like, I wonder how much does that really matter? Well, at the to, moment it doesn't really matter, game. does it? It's like like we've we've talked with Respawn that he he moans about the fact that he wants to masterwork everything and then when they change the infinities of everything he's really upset that he he's got to then change over it's like dude you don't even even if you have masterworked something with the previous system you never masterworked anything and you just threw on whatever and you played your game style however you played and it's been that kind of way since the beginning of destiny 2 you you pick a a role for yourself and regardless of what mods you can put on that armor and what affinity it has 
I, you know, you'd still wield a hand cannon on a solar arm piece because you like a hand cannon, mm -hmm. you know, right? And that's the yeah, good I thing mean... about <laughs> Destiny is you're not forced into that gameplay, it only enhances your gameplay if you are doing the fitting into the slots kind of thing, right? Yeah, 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 you can absolutely masterwork. Yeah, like when I when I said, okay, I'm I'm finished with Iron Banner. I was I was jumping to momentum control to help a buddy out with his Randy's throwing knife grind. I'm like, I need nothing out of this. I said, let me pull my armor out of the season pass. It's all void armor. Hey, void armor. I can put all the high level, uh, uh, you know, sniper. I think it's like sniper and scout stuff on. Let yeah. me throw all that on. You know, go to my vault, find my sniper sniper rifle with the highest aim assist on it because I'm a horrible sniper. And let's just run that. Put all the perks on it, figuring if I'm going to sit here and suffer my way through some sniping to maybe get my revoker one of these days, I'll max everything out just just to give me the numbers game. Just to say, hey, maybe this shot will you know land a little better, or maybe I'll hit that shot that I would have missed, or it'll hit a little harder, or I'll reload a little faster, or something. Yeah, for the stuff like that again. And, and even then, I'm I'm not here sitting here going, oh, well, that that shot I definitely would have made, hmm. you know, w with this perk. Now there are a couple I'm going, okay, now that was just absurd. There's no way that shot should have killed that guy. But I think that's just more the Destiny RNG bullets and the aim assist more so than oh that was the you know the enhanced whatever perk I had on at the time like yeah like it maybe it helps a little bit but I just again for for doing like I'm not swapping that armor set around that's just sort of the armor set for that and I put pieces of it, of it on for something else I usually don't look at the perks a whole lot or swap them out because yeah. it just it just doesn't matter and again I'm not again I'm not rating even even when we're doing the 980 content you know like the 980 Nightfalls I'll I'll put on at least something that maybe sort of helps out what I'm doing, or I'll swap and say, oh, let's put on some, you know, uh, you know, void resistance or an arc resistance, just to give me maybe a little bit of an edge over something. But I'm not like rethinking my whole loadout. I'm thinking rethinking guns, but I'm not rethinking armor. Yeah, I'm just sort of rolling with what I have by and large. And and it's very similar, isn't it? With it's been successful. It's very similar with Iron Banner. You you could be like twenty light levels lower than somebody on the opposite team, and if you get the drop on them. It's you know that that damage curve isn't too great of, for you to kind of take them down. I mean, even the bounties are scaled to the point of take down. You get more points if you take down a guardian that's got higher light than you. It's like what is you know you, you get more progress on completing that bounty if you are lower than the the previous guy. So it makes no sense with those bounties because you want to be the highest level because the game's telling you that if you're the higher level you will do more damage. But then it's then saying to you, well, if you want to take down the guys and still complete the bounties, you've got to be lower than those people. It's like, just stick to one thing or the other. You know, it doesn't really matter in Iron Banner, which is, it's good. It's good fun that, you know, people can just come into Iron Banner with like 20, 30 light levels lower and still be able to play and compete against other people. Right. Speaking of like light level PVP activities, we have got the confirmation that Trials is coming back. So we finished our fractaline donations this week with nine billion seventy-seven million. Yes. Once we completed it, I believe it was about half past eleven, wasn't it? On like Eastern time that it. Yeah. It completed. Yeah, yeah. Because it was yeah, pretty early in the was, morning for me. Yeah, yeah. Because I was I was laying in bed, just sort of you know looking at looking at feeds and seeing what was going on in the world, and all of a sudden I think I saw a Bontus tweet. Hey, yeah, we we did it. We hit it there and. And then with a link to the, you know, the, to the big reveal, to the dev story, whatever it was after that. And I was like, oh, okay, let's, let me see. So I hit the link for YouTube and saw, oh, it's a YouTube premiere. It's going to start, you know, about five minutes from that point. Yeah. So I, I texted Pan. I was like, hey, we, you know, we did it. They're going to, they're going to show us something. 
because I knew he'd be up and at work at that point. I was mm-hmm. like, let's see what this is. So I'm sitting, you know, sitting there in bed. And, you know, I had YouTube pulled up one half of the laptop screen. Got my little notes up on the other side. I was like, okay, let's see what they're going to tell us. Let's see any, you know, any, you know, breaking news or information I can get to, you know, dumping, dumping our, you know, chat for the podcast or anything else. So it's basically like, hey, trials is coming back, and we're excited, and we think it's going to be great. Okay, bye. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, that's it. All right, I mean, cool. That's fine. I mean, you know, again, I'm not complaining. I'm not angry that it was, you know, short. I was just like, okay. I thought it would be this whole, like, you know, actual thing and actual, like, you know, showing off. And I know, I know it wasn't going to be like a live feed, obviously, because it was, you know, going to be something pre-recorded because they didn't know when exactly we were going hit to the, hit, the, hit, the, hit the magic number. But it's like, okay, yeah. So, yeah, the thing, which is sort of a little, you know, I, I have such a love-hate with, with all the data mining and the leaking of what's coming. It's like, yes, I know everyone wants to know, you know, the, the moment something's in the game and the moment there's a, there's a hint towards something, but wouldn't it have been a lot more fun if, you know, at the end of this, they said, oh, Trials come out. Everyone was like, what? Oh, my God, it's Trials. We had no idea. Or, you know, or yeah, maybe I had a had a thought or maybe there were some you know, little pointers here and there. But it wasn't, you know, basically confirmed for us before it happened. Yeah. I yeah, think so they, it's like, yeah. the problem was that putting St. 14 down in the tower hangar with Osiris banners mm-hmm. and Osiris symbol underneath right. it was kind of a bit of a giveaway of this is going to be coming, but we're not going to tell you until you finish your donations kind of thing. Right. Right. It's like, you know, there's some foreshadowing, but you could have made a little, (laughs) you know, a little, a little more like, okay, you know, it's coming eventually, but we're not going to tell you when, but yeah, it's just, it's, you know, I sort of miss those, you know, Destiny talks about, you know, those hero moments you have in game, but also sort of miss the, like, just the big, like, you know, the big info moments, the big drop of, hey, here's what's coming next. Hey, here's what we're going to get. Hey, here's the thing. And we also learned it together. It's not, oh, yeah, we've known about this for three months. It's, yeah. Like, it's sort of the same way I feel like, like you know, you see a movie trailer. You're like, oh, that movie looks cool. And, and it's like, coming three years from now. And you're like, okay. And then you see the trailer. And then by the time the movie comes out, you're like, oh, I thought this came out like three years ago. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't even care at this point. I've seen, like, I, I'm aware of it. I've seen this trailer so many times. I just don't even care. Yeah. I sort of feel the same way. It's like trials, trials, trials. It's like, yeah, trials is coming. Trials, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's sort of a, yeah. I mean, people are excited. It'll be a good thing. I think for the community, if they, when, unless they remember yeah, how uh, trials wasn't destiny one, which Pan and I have had that talk of like, do people just not remember? Like, like is everyone's, you know, attention span and memory that short. And honestly, I can speak for myself. Yes. Cause I have a terrible memory. So yeah, no, I don't remember most of the things that <laughs> happen in the world. I think I have a hard time remembering what we talk about from week to week, but it's uh, going to be interesting. I, I think there were good times and there were bad times in destiny one trials. Um, for anybody that wasn't around in destiny one and doesn't really know what trials is or trials of Osiris is. It was a competitive PVP gameplay event that happened from reset on the friday and i think it went to the monday i don't think it went to reset on tuesday i'm not can't really remember 100 yeah. now i think so. yeah i think so because like, i can remember being on being online like with you and other folks like in the wee hours of of like sunday morning into monday when back when reset was you know again back in the early morning when it, when it would be like four or five a.m yeah you know, Eastern time. So I remember being up all night and being like, okay, can we, can we get one more match in? Can we try to do one more run of this before it, you know, before it's over? So yeah, I think it was Monday resets where yeah. it would, it would happen, which now is a little more civil, a little more civilized time. But back then it was, it was a little rough, at least for us East coasters. Yeah. And with that, it's originally, it started off as a game, kind of an exclusive game mode 
that if you won a streak of games, you got to go to this exclusive place, the lighthouse, which isn't like the lighthouse in Destiny 2. It was a very unique place, very desolate. And you got to claim a chest where you could get like these, you know, amazing weapons and armor from. And over time, it kind of it ramped up and ramped up and ramped up. And the, the weapons got better. You could get adept versions of them, which had certain perks on, which made them even better than the normal ones that you would just get through gameplay. And what what was happening was, originally it was you had to go to the lighthouse to get the items. And then over time it was play, I think it was like, is it three games or five games? And you got the armor piece, seven games. And you've got the weapon, but if you wanted the adept version of the weapons, you then had to go to the lighthouse with nine wins and no losses. There was also a card system that you could buy boons for. That one boon was for if you lost a match, it wouldn't count towards a loss. And then if you your first another boon was if you played your first match it counted as two wins so it kind of stepped you up quicker than originally and then at some point in destiny's original history they then started adding bounties to brother vance who was the vendor at the time that if you completed bounties you could then get um, tokens and armor pieces through just playing trials because they wanted trials to be a bit more open for everyone not the exclusive pvp crowd um, and towards the end it was it was more open to everybody playing so that everybody could have obtained these or obtain a trials weapon or obtain certain trials weapons so yeah i mean it was a very competitive event that happened at the weekends and what you would find were there would be streamers that were extremely good at pvp um they would find a buddy and they would carry just general people that were in their chat or people that won raffles whilst watching their twitch streams and take those people to the lighthouse and it was this big destiny event for destiny one and it really kind of kept the community going through like some really tough times of that we didn't have any content and then when it came into Destiny 2, with the change of the gameplay and the 4v4 layout that we had as a PvP originally, I mean, imagine controllers 4v4 now, it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> 6v6, come on. Um, so yeah, originally it was a, a 4v4 mode, and it was Trials of the Nine. And with the Trials of the Nine, again, there were exclusive weapons, there were exclusive shaders and armor pieces. But it just didn't have that kind of feel that the original Destiny 1 trials kind of had. And that's why it was kind of taken out of the game. It just, I think it lost the momentum. It lost a lot of players, a lot of my friends that used to do the streaming and the carrying of people, myself included. They carried me multiple times to the lighthouse. They just kind of fell by the wayside. And it was quite funny because I messaged them at the beginning of this week when we heard the news that trials was coming back and it's like guys 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 trials is coming back you know the, the game mode that you loved the game mode that kept you going in destiny mm -hmm. it's coming back the one that you really like you know the 3v3 elimination you know that that thrill the rush that you really enjoyed and they're like no bungie has done too much for us to come back and i was like really 
I, I know there's been a lot of ups and downs and it's, but I think a lot of the community have been on that kind of side of it, of there's been too much water under the bridge for them to come back. I mean, they may change their minds. They may, because it's a free to play now, which, which is really good. And it looks like trials may be part of that free to play. I think wasn't it in the trailer. Yeah, you know, that's what they said. Is they said, you know, you know, it'll be available to everyone. Mm-hmm. And the only thing they did say is, yeah, there will be something you'll need to do before it's available. So it's not like you can just, you know, turn on your PC, download free to play, you know, Destiny free to play, and jump into trials. There will be something you'll need to do. It'll probably just be like, you know, get to a certain light level or finish the main campaign. You know, it won't be anything crazy like you know, go win three raids, but it'll be something to. Pre- yeah, and I'm sure it's just to, just to prevent people from just spinning up new accounts over and over and over again to do recoveries or carries or whatever. Or cheating. You know? They, I think a lot of people on PC right. were saying that they were a bit afraid of the cheaters, the DDoSers, you know, just creating a new account, jumping straight into trials and and doing that. It's, it's not mm-hmm. nice. So it's... I think there's going to be sort of a, a mini quest. Well, that's what has been speculated in the community is this, this mini thing that you kind of have to do. And yet, like you were saying, probably get to a certain light level before you can enter it. So that's quite good that, you know, if you make something that's going to take people a lot of time, yes, you will still get people doing that and still taking the time to go through it. But hopefully it will turn a lot of other people away from it. Yeah, I think that's going to be a problem, a big problem that people have worried about with trials is just the the DDoSing and the cheating, especially on the PC side hmm. of, you know, it, it's a high level competitive event and, you know, high level comp, it's going to have the same problems as what trials is and vice versa. And we, we didn't have PC with destiny one. So it's, a, I, I think, I mean, they, they saw roughly what trials of the nine um, people were capable in that. And hopefully they've taken a lot of time now since that's gone away to kind of implement some changes and i mean we've heard over the last couple of weeks with the twab saying we're going to take bands a lot more seriously you know you can appeal them but they're going to be this and this and that and that you know so i think they're they've like we've said that they've seen a lot of things coming down the pipeline and they've dripped the information to us so you know you're not kind of surprised when it gets to that point in time going ah okay yes i should not be doing that in my game yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping that's the case. On the other side of the coin, with people not returning to Destiny and about coming back for Trials, I mean Trials is uh, is a really it's a really cool game mode, and it's a bit like the the experience you kind of get in Iron Banner sometimes that it is it kind of matches you up against the people with the similar skill of you know will you won't you kind of thing, and it's that kind of enjoyment and what what was quite nice is i spoke to knowledge demand at the beginning of the week we played a few games and we were talking about trials and him and queen anne's were people that hadn't played destiny one but or i think queen anne's might have played destiny one trials and knowledge was telling me about how queen anne's wanted him to start playing destiny to get into playing trials and when they did it wasn't there and he's been so ex- oh. Queen Anne's has been so excited for trials to actually return, <laughs> and that's so nice to actually hear that. That just that is a, nice. a genuine I... thing that somebody's excited about something they haven't played is actually coming into the game and something they've heard about, and it to, it was just really nice. And and I think there's a lot of people out there that are going to be just excited, and they're not going to worry about what what the streamers are saying and what you know other people are saying. It's just 
it's just that nice warm fuzzy feeling of you know something's coming into destiny it's a new experience for them and they're looking forward to playing it and that was nice to hear it really is especially someone on my friends list in our clan excited about a pvp anything because <laughs> <laughs> i i mean i i mean you and i spent a lot of time in trials in destiny one not necessarily succeeding, no. but we'd have that those times where, where we'd win two, maybe even three games in a row, and that felt really good, and it was a lot of fun, and just having those moments, you know, frantically racing around the map, trying to either, you know, run away from two people and capture a zone, or, or you know, try to separate them enough to to try to pull off a play. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, again, we, we didn't play Trials because we thought we were going to go to the Lighthouse and get all the sweet gear. We played it, and, and it got a lot more when they brought the bounties to it. We could at least say, hey, I, I can go get, you know, 25 kills in, in, in trials matches, or I could go, you know, do whatever the things were to do. You know, I can get a, you know, not the adept, you know, perfect, flawless version of this gun, but I can get a pretty good version of this gun. I can get some pretty nice looking armor. If I can get something out of this. So I hope they bring it back with that in mind of, because when it launched, it was all, it was all, it was all or nothing. Lighthouse, or you get nothing out of it, basically. Yeah. Except for, you know, like normal, I, I think maybe even had like normal crucible PVP drops, or maybe it had nothing. I can't remember now. Although, and I was also remembering too, back in Des- Destiny One, because I saw someone on Reddit saying, "Hey, you know, bring back the Destiny One, you know, endgame screen that we used to have," which I had totally forgotten about until they said something about it. At, at, at the end of a game in Destiny One, you'd have you know the players' names go across the screen, and you'd see like you know there'd be little slots of where they get the rewards. Now in D two, you know, we get that little you know sort of cascade along the right hand side of boom, 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 boom. Here's the things that have dropped for you. In Destiny One, it was like, "Hey, here's here's the, the couple of slots. Oh, this guy got an exotic. Oh, this guy got the good drop. Oh, this guy got that." So it was sort of neat to at least see things dropping. You know, even if it wasn't anyone on your team, it's like, okay, somebody in this match got this gun or that armor piece. It's like, okay, you know, this is possible because it feels like so many times you're going, okay, you know, like this has a drop rate. Let's see if anybody gets it. It's nice to actually see like someone get it. And yeah, you can you might be able to see it like whisk by in a little. Uh, you know, sort of a little news feed in your lower left corner of like, oh, blah, 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 especially at the end of a raid or at the end of, you know, a larger event, you just see all that all flash by so quickly. It was sort of nice to see at the end of the game, you know, the, that old school reward screen, which again, I had so much of Destiny 1, again, I had just completely forgotten about. And it was sort of nice to be reminded of, of you know, so some of the just, yeah, you know, not better or worse, but just, you know, how different it was and some of the, some of the design and just some of the things it had. Yeah. It wasn't match made activity. You had to find two other people. So there was a lot of LFG sites right. that were kind of mm-hmm. kind of set up for that, which again have fallen by the wayside. But then you've now got a lot more other avenues, and you've got like the in Destiny app um, looking for team, and the same with like um, with the Xbox, you've got that as well. So you've 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 got those that are probably going to be popping up quite regularly now, which is quite nice and originally we had trials report didn't we we had there was a website that was mm-hmm. that gave you a lowdown so when you were flying into a match you could pull up this trials report and you could see the other team that you were facing at the time and you could see what weapons they had what kind of loadouts they had and it was really interesting because the the two really good players on my team that you know were carrying me to the lighthouse would be like communicating mm-hmm. to each other right we're going to do this we're going to do that because they've got that and this and you know, and you could see them swapping out um, weapons on the fly and it was really exciting to see and i mean us average people we'd have a look at the trials report and go oh my god we're going against last wedding and thorn again but it was it was just you know a, a good utility to actually have so keep your eye out for that because that'll probably pop back up 
so should we i'm sorry we jumping backwards and forwards here did you want to carry on with luke smith's magnus opus part four uh, i suppose yeah, yeah i was sitting here going all right now, now that we've you know passed the first past the introduction of his of his uh <laughs> <laughs> of his his director's cut so god where we'll see where do we even leave off oh yeah here at the very beginning yeah um so yeah you know again talking about and we sort of you know talked about some of this you know they're under his seasons of change, you know, just they want to talk about, you know, not spend a whole lot of time on, you know, all the positives and all the negatives of, you know, what they've learned and what they felt about the, the season model going forward. But he did see, you know, a couple of, a couple of little things about, you know, the seasonal narratives are, you know, starting to connect to one another. You know, they said back, you know, a year ago when he put out the last, or, you know, I think it was August or whatever last year when he put out the three part director's cut last time saying, yeah, we want to actually start building a narrative and building a story and have this go somewhere. So, they said, you know, we're starting to do that. You know, the transitions are between seasons are getting folks more involved. Like with this, you know, the season nine to now season 10, doing the fractal line and letting the lighthouse, you know, he says it was a neat start to having players working toward making the world, the world move forward and ensuring that each story link in the seasonal chain connects to the next and sets up where we're heading, which, you know, I, I like that a lot because especially like if someone, you know, goes away or comes back, there's, just not a lot of link between the seasons. It's like, oh, that season ended. This season's here. Here's all the stuff you missed. Here's what's here now. But there's no real story element or like any stakes in it. It's just like, okay, this activity's gone. This activity's here. Hmm. What does that mean for the story? Uh, I, I, the Vex are gone, and now we have Cabal. <laughs> that's that's what it means. Like, there's no, you know, there's no connecting tissue between. It. It's just sort of like you know, you swap out one enemy for the next and move on with life. Um, you know, they also talked about you know the the save a legend element of the season dawn was a nice deep cut for the deep cut for those who have been with destiny since the beginning as a way to introduce the ultimate titan as pigeon superfan slash guardian ornithologist to many people who hadn't found his grave the first time seeing your reactions was a highlight and the team had a lot of fun building this one and i i mean yes absolutely <laughs> yes because i mean going going to rescue titan dad like i i jumped on with panoramics because we are lifelong titans both in, in attitude and playstyle, And we said, we're going to go rescue Titan dad. This is going to be great. And I enjoy, you know, having some stakes in it, you know, just like it would have been like, it almost didn't matter who it was. The fact that it was Titan dad, Saint 14 was you know, just sort of super special and super fun. But if we were going to go rescue Kate seven or go, you know, help the XO stranger out or go, you know, again, have some stakes, you know, like Cora gets kidnapped by the cabal. Cause Let's be honest. She's not doing anything else anyway. <laughs> Let's go get a corp. You know, give us give us some stakes. Give us something to go do. Give us a character that we at least you know may, maybe have a relationship with. So that was super cool. Going like bringing him back into the game and having him be in the world after that was just a lot of fun. And you know, there's so little of like the campaign and story in the game that matters. Like the you know new content comes out and you play the campaign and then you never revisit. It. You never go back to any of it because there's just no reason to. So it was nice to sort of have like some story that mattered that you could play on, you know, each of the characters and relive that. Yes, it's always annoying to have to replay content on multiple characters, but I don't know. I, I sort of enjoyed it this time, just going back and being able to play those missions and help other people out who hadn't done it before, just just to share those experiences with them. I, I really enjoyed that part. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and Luke goes on to say, I've enjoyed the simplicity of Lovely Up Destiny's version of the Battle Pass. You know, we wanted a progression that you could advance by just by playing the game. You know, we don't think we have the whole XP thing figured out. Running out of lost sectors and flash farming XP isn't what we had in mind, but we can keep tuning it. And I mean, and I agree. I enjoy having having my rewards, at least to a level, laid out in front of me. I enjoy knowing what I'm going to get. I enjoy knowing that, 
okay, I, I you know I have I, I'm I'm guaranteed to get this weapon or this emote or this whatever at a certain point. Yeah, maybe I as the player may not get to it if I don't have time to get to level 95 or whatever in the season, but at least I know what's there. And I appreciate things like they did this season with the obelisks, making it really easy and quickly to, to gain levels. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I thought I was going to struggle this season because I haven't been able to play it as much as I could have done or should have done or would have done. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't close to 200 and you have to kind of be I think it's 200 or 201 to get to the 20 light levels on your artifact to then unlock that triumph. And I thought, I'm not going to hit it this season. I'm really not. But then with these obelisks and doing the bounties and turning the fractal in, with the XP that I'm getting from that, I'm now way over it. And I was like, this is amazing. You know, I, I know you couldn't mm-hmm. kind of do that at the beginning of the season, but then I can see it was a good thing at the end of the season that I just wanted to hit those 20 light levels just so that I got that triumph unlocked. And again, that's the completionist part of me that I needed to do it. But <laughs> yeah. So, I, and again, I, I I see what Luke's saying, you know, about the whole XP thing and the rewards that are on the tracks that, I mean, from the first season of Undying that we had, it was pointed out to Bungie that, you know, maybe some of the things like Glimmer or the, um, the Vex components weren't the kind of things that you needed on the season pass. But then this season, um, some of that Glimmer did come in handy towards the end when Spider isn't selling shards for Glimmer and planetary materials for things that <laughs> I want to do. And I'm like, ah, oh, I've still got a little bit on the battle pass I can pick up. And then you've got those higher rolled um, armor pieces that unless you're kind of looking at it, you just, you're going along it going, oh, yeah, I've got several pieces still on there. You don't really realize until you actually look into it and go, oh, hang on a minute. This is a, like a 64. Oh, that one's a 64. That one back down on the, the beginning of the track is only like a 50, but you know, so things like that have helped, and then getting towards the end with the hundreds that you kind of unlock the um, emotes and the exotic. Oh yeah, and yeah, you like yeah. season. Yeah, yeah, I, I sort of appreciate some some of that. Uh, you know, just some of like the the ornaments and the emotes, just some of the fun stuff. It's not all you know straight gear, and, and I really like too. Where it's some of it's you know, you get a gun, you get an armor piece, you get you know, here's some bright dust or, or glimmer. I appreciate too that they put in the like you know, here, you know, you're you're you know, like the, all the scavenger ones, you know, you're going to have, have a better chance of getting, you know, like a rocket launcher out of whatever. And Hey, you know, the, one of the season's weapons was the, the pyroclastic flow rocket launcher, you know, last season, I can't remember what it was. It's like, you know, you'll get a better chance of getting, you know, a fusion rifle or whatever, you know, and, and Hey, this season's sort of special weapon is the fusion rifle. You get a better chance of that in this activity. So I like those sort of a, they would sort of reward you for playing the game by playing the game. It wasn't so much like you have to go do this or that or the other. It's just, it's, it's all sort of there together. Yeah, and that that was nice until the the, the kind of tower obelisk came along that you could then purchase those weapon frames to then get those again, or they they drop in gambit and crucible matches once you've maxed out your pass, which is also a nice thing that you can kind of get. So I, I do appreciate appreciate those kind of things on the season pass. Yeah, you know, I think you know, like I said, they haven't totally figured it out, but I like I like the guts of it, and I like. You know, I like where it's going. Yeah, I think they're I think they're moving in the right direction with it because so much of the game is just arbitrary random drops. It's nice to at least have some idea what you're going for, and even just it's just nice to see that you know, hey, you've gained a level because you know, like once you hit you know level forty or you know level whatever, 
you never see that again. You're just always on. The, yeah, your light goes up, but there's no feeling of like, oh, I've I've gotten over a threshold. Oh, I've gained a level. Oh, I've gotten you know, I'm I've gotten stronger, and here's a little thing to show me, which is just sort of nice to see as a player. You're like, oh, I did a thing. <laughs> you know, I'm being rewarded for that thing. Yeah. Which I think is just you know your monkey brain going. I want to see a flashing light when I hit when I hit the button and I hit the button and now I get the flashing light. Woo! Now you're this. <laughs> and, and 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 I really like the the obelisk is sort of a catch-up mechanic too. Like I know they said you know like you can go and like you know straight up like buy levels or whatever late in the season, but I like that the obelisk was sort of an in-game like catch-up mechanic too. Like I I didn't I you know, I definitely didn't like you know spend all my time farming fractaline and I think I think I ended up with I don't know like. Uh, I cut you know a couple thousand. I took advantage of one of those days where they go to Spider and do this farm. I did that for you know like an hour or so and got another you know handful of levels on my Tingle Tour Obelisk. Yeah, but I definitely didn't like you know I didn't invest and I didn't you know full time spend my days farming Fractaline and trying to invest and max it all out. So I think I, I end up with like I don't know fourteen or fifteen thousand dropping you know each week after the first week or two, and you know I still have like ten thousand on my character that I. I'm struggling to care about putting into weapons or something, and but at least it goes away at the end of the season. So that's something. Yeah, and it, it's also worth mentioning too that that Bungie has said you you can continue you know to farm those weapon rolls until March 10th, until the end of the season. So if you've got Fractaline going, what am I going to do with this? You know, at least you can you can shove it into shove it into weapon rolls or just delete it out of your inventory. Up to you. I don't know what the guys with seven hundred thousand are going to do with it, but that's their problem to solve. <laughs> or you know, you, you buy the weapon rolls and shard it, so you've got all the shards for then later on in the seasons. That if you need shards for something else, you've got a stockpile of shards. You don't necessarily need to do any farming for weapon rolls if that's your kind of thing. If that's your bag, baby. Yeah, and I think uh, I know we featured like Cheese Forever's video and some others who have said like if you if you farm for I think it's like the Pyroclastic Flow that has a chance to give you an enhancement core when you break it down. So even if you're just farming for you know four of those over and over, go over again, breaking them all down, you've got charge, you've got enhancement cores, you know, gunsmith materials, which I know we're all in desperate desperate need of. <laughs> well, you, you say that, but we may need that coming up. Yeah, that's true. I, I've just sort of been. All these materials I don't know what to do with. And again, because I've had the time to play, I've got piles of I'm like, let me just leave this here. Cause there will there will be those fallow times where I will need I will need something that I wish I'd I'd have hung on to. So Luke goes on to say that we aren't delivering the feeling of an evolving world. Instead, we are delivering the feeling of ephemeral private activities and rewards that go away. The Forsaken Annual Pass had its share of challenges. See last year's director's cut. But it has also had some awesome properties. If I stopped playing for a season, when I come back, there was a bunch of rewards and activities that I could catch up on. What we are discussing now, and which is early enough that things might still change, is how we focus our efforts around the seasons from a development standpoint. While we're also trying to create the moments that make memories, whilst also balancing the amount of fear of missing out, this is a tricky balance. Because of the elements that don't connect neatly, and in many cases, they work against one another. I think I'm in agreement with you that there was definitely too much fear of missing out. And we've mentioned it on the podcast quite a lot of times that I would make sure that I would log in and do a certain thing so that I didn't miss out on something later on in the season. And again, this week, I've made sure that I, or last week, I wanted to play Iron Banner, but... I I knew that if I 
didn't do some competitive games that maybe I'd miss out on the, that Komodo. So I'd finished off doing all my headshots with linear fusion rifles using the Arbalest, then did three competitive games and then waited for the turnover so I could get a couple of extra points for free uh, each week from the competitive playlist, then paid one more game this week and then that unlocked for me. So it, it's the, it, it was the fear of missing out on that title for something that competitive isn't scary but it was just like the fact that i was thinking if i go and play and it's like i i play three games and i don't win those three games i'm not going to get any points and then i'm going to struggle the next week and and then i've only got like another week to kind of do but then that was on me because i've left it so late in the season where you went ahead and did it at the beginning of the season which was quite clever you know you jumped straight in you got all your rewards you got all your emblems and you're sitting back at this point and going, "Hey, I can do whatever I want." Whereas I'm, I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to miss out if I don't do this now," kind of thing. So I, yeah. I, I have done it now. So I, it was just like buy a few um, different weapons from the tower of list that I hadn't kind of rolled yet or hadn't gone for a roll yet. So I made sure that I've unlocked it and then equipped it on my character because I think Bungie did tweet out or somebody did say along the lines of, "If you." do unlock the savior title make sure that you go into your inventory uh, acquire it and then equip it on your character because it may be bugged for next season i think they said that just make sure that you do equip it on a character maybe not permanently but just make sure that it has kind of unlocked and been put on a character to start off with and then it will just kind of be there for next season yeah yeah i did see and again i don't remember now between the TWAB and Luke Smith's director's cut and the Twitter feed I've been trying to keep up with. Yeah, I saw it mentioned somewhere, yeah. Unlock it, equip it, make sure it's there and works before the next season starts if you've gotten it. And yeah, it's, that's what I've learned about these seasons. And again, we'll we'll see when the next season comes and I no longer have copious hours to play how well I do with some of these pursuits. But yeah, I've, I've learned, especially anything PvP-wise, jump in and do it early. Just knock it out early. You know, figure out what, what gun you need to use or what the best play thing, you know, play style is. Again, they, they put momentum control in to feature scout rifles basically because some of them were one shot kills to the body and they said hey here's a scout rifle you know ritual weapon to go get so i try to get those done early in the season because i i did my you know i did my grind for my 75 games or i think it was no it was like 25 or 50 games across like 36 hours trying to get that redrix broadsword to unlock i've i've done those end of season grinds i'm going now Never again. I'm I'm gonna get this out of the way early and get this done at least at least to the best of my ability. Anything that involves a grind. Made that mistake last season too. With oh, I just have a couple of you know a couple of emblems for for uh, strikes to do. Oh well, eighty strikes later, as I'm you know or whatever it was, trying to get this done. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Some of these are deceptive. So now I've been I've been trying to be better about that because I try not to have a frantic like struggle at the end of each season because they. <laughs> You know, you know, again, we talk about this every week. We know the dates. So we put them out there. I read them. You read them. And yet still, every season I go, oh, my God, it's tomorrow. Oh, what? wait, wait, that's this Tuesday? Like <laughs> It's like I know, how, I know how calendars work, but my brain just can't quite seem to figure it out. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I was and, the same. I was like, oh, you know, the, the 10th of March, that's a long way away. And then I'm thinking, oh, yeah, weeks from now. February's a bit shorter this year. <laughs> it's shorter every no. year. No, February is longer this year. You have a whole extra oh, day. Yeah, you get an extra day. So you see, they, we even gave you bonus February, mm. and it's still sneaking up on us. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Luke does say that the the season has had, or this year's version of the season has had too much fear of missing out, and they want to fix this. 
and in next year's seasons we'll have less so that's a good thing you know you won't have to worry about certain things and i think that comes down to with these titles i don't mind playing your game mode over and over and over and over again to get Mm -hmm. a title but when it comes down to i need to go and play gambit and get shotgun kills to get a gambit weapon (laughs) or crucible to get a crucible weapon for that season badge i'm like "Mm, that's not I, i I, I see that you wanted to make some kind of grind and make me do something. But yeah, I, I'd rather them have a different seal or a different badge to say you've completed seasons, you know, maybe a, a Shadow Keep season badge separate from the one that they've also named Shadow Keep, but something that encompasses like if you complete the badges of all four seasons, you get this, you know, rather than those badges be included into unlocking unbroken or not unbroken undying or savior you see what i mean i'd rather be something else i mean i don't mind doing Mm -hmm. them if it was for something else that i could then i could progress over several seasons so that you know i'm not forcing myself to go into gambit and get all those shotgun kills all in one week you know it's something i can do over over the season because i'm enjoying playing different things not saying that i didn't enjoy playing gambit because that was good fun i did have good fun playing and and winning quite a few games this week you know and i i chose this week because i knew the the infamy thing was coming up Uh, a bit like i did with the with the crucible with the komodo and the iron banner i knew that you know i could get more xp for doing those specific things on those specific weeks but then you'll find people that don't kind of or can't plan that kind of ahead and they just i need to get this badge done and this isn't the right week to kind of double up on getting those two things kind of done at the same time yeah and and just just before you so we stray too far from competitive yeah again i was talking with pan about it you know when when you know the the trials announcement hit and i'm sort of hoping that you know this this has sort of a sort of an effect on the competitive gameplay so maybe if i do decide to sit down and try for my lunas howl or God help me, am I not forgotten one of these seasons? Maybe, you know, go pick a weekend where everyone's off, you know, all the all the really skilled players are off playing trials. Maybe I can sneak into competitive and have maybe a little better of a time. Maybe have a little easier, <laughs> you know, easier grind through that while there's something, you know, there's some some new shiny thing over here that maybe a lot of the top PvP folks will go play and maybe some of us, you know, more average folks can sort of you know, sneak our way through some of these competitive achievements while they're over, over, you know, doing trials, carries and, and lighthouse runs. So I'm like, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. But, you know, uh, that's sort of my hope is maybe it'll just sort of help, you know, spread that community out just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And they haven't actually said yet whether you're going to be able to earn, is it glory or valor? I can't remember which one. The- glory, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Glory and competitive. So I, yeah, I, yeah, I I don't know either. I I'm guessing because it on, is on competitive, one hand, right? Like on one hand, I want to say yeah, but but then so, but so like you know, it, it, it's sort of in that weird spot, like with Iron Banner. Like Iron Banner is is quote unquote like a, is a competitive game mode, but it gives you valor and not glory. So it's yeah, I, I'm curious. Uh, I almost I'm gonna assume it's gonna do valor rather than glory because it's. You know, but but I don't know. Like it would make sense for it to be glory because it's a it's a straight up competitive game mode, and it's going to be more competitive than comp. And but yeah, more I don't, competitive yeah. than Iron Banner. I mean, I know we mentioned Certainly. it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Saying that 
Iron Banner because it's light enabled and it is a kind of competitive PvP kind of event. It should have glory and valor, and I'm feeling that trials should be the same. So that if you do get you know a good couple of wins in that, then that helps ramp up your. I mean, you think about it. If you're doing nine wins each week without a loss, that's quite good for your win streak to then progress in your glory to get your not forgotten to get your your Mida catalyst at the end of 5500 and other things that you can get your unbroken title. So yeah, it'd be worth yeah, putting yeah, it all seemed, to going together, but they haven't said as yet. It would, yeah, yeah. Although, and again, something worth mentioning too uh, with our with our trials talk is is they did they originally did say you know it, it's going to be you know your power's going to matter you know your artifacts going to matter. They did just you know just late Thursday evening come back and I think Luke Smith tweeted out you know we are gonna we are gonna turn off basically the the power gains you get from your ornament in trials next season until they can implement some kind of power cap. Cause you know, there's going to be some guys who are going to walk in, you know, at a thousand, whatever power day one of trials and just, you know, and, and be a good player to boot and just wipe the floor with everybody. So they did say, you know, they are going to, they are going to put the power cap on of you're limited by your actual gear, not your ornament and trials. And, and I think they may have also said iron banner as well. So anything like that, it's good. They're going to limit both of those. So it'll just be the power of your gear, not the power of your gear plus your ornament in, in those competitive, you know, light enabled PvP modes. I suppose that's been, is, that's been quite a good which a lot of test. People were screaming for, about. Yeah, I think it's been a good test for Iron Banner, hasn't it? That they've allowed the artifact power to be in there so that they could kind of observe what it actually does and what people will actually go to lengths to actually get above somebody else. So then they've mm-hmm. gone, yeah, we're not going to have that in trials, <laughs> you know. So you grinding not in the. Um, Lost sectors over and over again to boost your XP. Not going to work for you in this time. So that, yeah, that cause, is nice. Cause, yeah, because because you know that you'll see week one that team of three people at nine ninety nine or whatever the whatever the absolute cap is going to be, and you're just like, okay, you, a you're a good player already, and b you also have a light level advantage. Like this is like why why bother? Like this is this is this is the experience people talk about. You know, not wanting you know playing trials once and never set, set stepping foot in there again. I mean, it's already going to be bad enough with just, you know, the, you know, walking into trial thinking, oh, maybe we stand a chance and just getting smoked by everybody. And again, this is also why they made some changes to the weapons and armors and subclasses that we'll get into later. And, yeah, you know, some of it's for trials and some of it's just for, for the world at large. But, you know, again, there's reasons behind all this. <laughs> I mean, just, I know we, I was talking about <clears throat> triumphs and things and, there is going to be a specific one for trials, apparently, and it's going to be called Flawless. So that's quite nice mm. for those people that are going to go and do that. I'm guessing that yeah. it, it's not going to be those one flawless run <laughs> to get the title. Right. It's probably a, yeah. a multitude of things to actually get it. But yeah, that, that's yeah. that's going to be nice. You know, something that isn't yeah. like the Unbroken one where you have to wait three seasons to actually go to 5500 for three seasons before you can unlock it and all those other requirements so hopefully this one isn't the same that you have to wait three seasons it's not time gated kind of thing yeah hopefully well again that's that's not one much like the rating one i'm not even going to look at the requirements for (laughs) because it's never going to be mine and you know i I don't need it i don't have a fear of missing out because i'm going to miss out and there's no fear there it's just life so, so Luke Smith goes in, goes on to talk about something that I am, you know, I know we've talked about for a year now with with our with our little show here about what we'd like to see them do 
Yeah. So he says, because we aren't spending our development resources and time as well as we could, we're talking about moving away from creating season bespoke private activities and instead using that time and effort to build themes that aren't just represented by a marquee event that will fade away, but rather inject the seasonal themes into more of the game. You sound a little yes. bit passionate about that one. Yes, thank you. Like, that's what we've been saying forever. You know, don't take all this time to build this activity that's gone in three months or gone in a week or gone in whatever. Build the thing into the game. You know, put you know, put the Vex offensive stuff into the game world. You know, he goes on to talk about, you know, the, the core activities of, you know, what they see as core activities which are things that are, you know, replayable and things that you're you're going to invest in, you know, like, for example, being like, you know, Crucible and Nightfalls being replayable, you know, sort of core activities. Crucible because, you know, as he says, the, the other players are the ultimate AI and like the ordeal Nightfalls where the re- replayability is there because of the reward structure, you know, and the random random encounters and the, ran- you know, it, it the ordeal being a different Nightfall each week. Yeah. And just investing more in the game itself. You know, building more evergreen content, ever you know, evergreen content and replayable content, and so as opposed to, okay, everybody, let's go grind this activity for this month. Okay, I'm. It's been two weeks, and I'm done with it. What am I do for the rest of the time? And then it goes away. I, I I love this idea. I absolutely love this idea, and I can't. You know, I really hope they go full on with this. And yeah, I mean, yeah, this is again something I know I've talked about forever, and I know we've talked about forever. Is so, you know, what do you think of this? Yeah, you know, I would say this change, but hopefully this this move going forward. Um, yeah, it's, I think that the problem is that they they say one thing, and they they go with it. Like we're going to create the the Vex offensive. We're then going to create the Sundial, and then we're going to create something else. And then they realize after creating those things that they maybe shouldn't have kind of just created those things because it's a waste of time and effort and resources because those things could have kind of been implemented in the game like you said and still carried on in some fashion i mean i don't understand why the menagerie is kind of still as it is why has some of the loot not kind of evolved and gone through like Callus is offering something else this week like maybe if it was a week that the undying stuff was available for selection you know you put in your runes and you 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 could then roll for whatever he we kind of people missed out in that season. i mean they may do that further on down the line use the menagerie and bring it back in some fashion but then maybe create different rooms you know run down a different hallway and you've got something that's very similar to the vex offensive or something that's very similar to the sundial so it's kind of using the resources that have already kind of developed in the game and maybe put them back in there you know restructure them and and i don't know but yeah i i see this is a good thing you know that they they've seen where they thought it might work but it's kind of at a kind of a loss to them in the end really all that work and hard effort Right, yeah. Cause, I mean, they talk about you know you have to build a new thing, you have to test the new thing, you have to you know QA the new thing, bug fix the new thing, just to have it be. It's like by the time you've gotten it fixed, it's time for it to go away practically. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and I mean, I think it says you know the fact that we've had you know two big rollbacks and you know big game breaking you know bugs. You know, it was the same bug, but you know the fact that it happened over and over says you know you're you're maybe 
you know, you're stretching yourself too thin on some fronts, you know, pull, pull back from the new, new, new content and reinvest in the stuff you have now. I mean, people have been asking for, you know, strike scoring to come back and, you know, you know, even if you're not adding strikes, you know, rework some of the strikes or rework some of the strike rewards, add some of that, you know, add some stuff to the, to the loot pool. That's not there. You know, there's things you can do that are, that, you know, again, you know, we talked about earlier, the, the replayability of, of the ordeal nightfalls is partially because of the rewards for it. You know, you know, give us, give us a couple of new weapons and throw it in the ordeal nightfall pool. Give us some, some, you know, say, Hey, every time you'll, you reset your, your infamy rank or your valor rank or your glory, rank, you know, it'll, it'll give you, you know, a chance to have something drop or there's a weapon that sits at the end of that, or we threw something into that loot pool that previously was locked behind some other content. You know, there's, you know, there's things you can put into that game that are either absolutely off limits to people because that activity doesn't exist anymore, or it's just, you know, it's so few people have it, you know, there, there's things you can do to invest in your game as it is without building entirely new content that you then have to support forever. Yeah. All right, so we're back to back to Luke Smith and his core activities. Like we continue to evolve the world's narrative, we continue to invest more in evolving the world of our public spaces and take further efforts to evolve Destiny 2's core activities. So, you know, you get all to say core activities, what are those? So we talked a little bit about it. But basically, you know, what, what it boils down to is he wants it to be evergreen content, you know, content you can play from day one of the game to day 453 of the game. And also, you know, to that end, also have it be replayable. So again, two of his examples is Crucible, because again, it, every Crucible match is different because all the players are different. And, you know, like the Ordeal Nightfalls are different because of the replayability. And it, it has a reward structure, so there's something to grind for, there's something to get out of it. And it's also, you know, a different, different singes, different combinations of buffs, and, you know, it's a different strike every week. So there, it's, just, it's different content every time you set foot into it. Yeah. And, you know, he sort of goes on to say, you know, the sort of the, you know, a sentence that no Destiny player would ever say is, you know, I want to maximize XP, chase awesome items, and generate economy that I can use to further my goals. <laughs> and, you know, I, I just thought, you know, if you were a Destiny 2 player, you know, trying to apply to some sort of Destiny job, that would be the, your you know, mission statement on your resume. I want to do this to further my goals. Yeah, sounds great. Sort of, a, you know, it sounds like a meaningless sentence, but that's sort of the gist of it. We're here to gain XP, go get loot. And then get items to buy more loot down the road. Yeah, just just enjoy ourselves playing the game over and over and over again. Exactly. You know, and, and he does sort of point out that, like, you know, the, like the, the the campaign and the and the mission quests aren't really evergreen because you sort of play those once and then never think about them again, never see them again. And so, you know, he goes on to say that right now our our seasonal activities, like the Sundial, are competing with those core activities. Because that is where they put all the new rewards and award player with more powerful gear, but they don't provide a bunch of XP. Whereas the core activities provide you a bunch of XP, but you know we all feel the pain of how many more seasons will I get the Titan Rain collecting shoulders from the Drifter? You know, you get the same gear over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah. So it's that battle between the new and shiny rewards and sort of the XP you need to like make it through your seasonal pass or to you know make your per- your character more powerful. I think they did improve it, didn't they, when they put all the well drops as armor 2.0 so that you could kind of just swap out those like uh, rain-catching titan shoulders for a 2.0 version in a specific burn. So that, that kind of did help alleviate some of the issue at the time, like why would I hold on to the 1.0 version when there's a 2.0 version that's a little bit better? 
But the, I mean, they with that they could have improved some of the stats on it. It just could have been a little bit better to kind of give somebody the reason why they wanted to, why it mattered when those things dropped, rather than like you're saying, why do I need another pair of these? Yeah, and I know I think we've all sort of felt that, you know, when a new season comes out and you know the the sundial hits or whatever the the vex offensive hits. You do that, and you grind through that, and you get your guns, and you you know get your. If you're going for the seasonal badge, you play enough of it to do that, and do all the different permutations and variations of it. But then it doesn't really hold your interest. Like it's not really evergreen content, because yeah, it's like it might evolve a little bit, you know, with a different boss or a different change to it. But it's the same activity over and over and over again. So it's you know it's it's good again. It's good as for a short time activity, but. While you're doing that, you're it's just taking all the time away from your crucible, your strikes, your gambit, your ordeal, your nightfalls, your other stuff you could be doing. I mean, what I don't understand is why with the like when we play Gambit, do we get those rain catching Titan shoulder pads from the Drifter? And they don't have any specific perks towards Gambit or Gambit Prime. I mean, I can understand maybe running the reckoning that it gives you Gambit Prime armor that helps you in Gambit Prime because that's meant to be the pinnacle version of Gambit Prime. Gambit. That's meant to be the pinnacle version of Gambit. But if you want to play normal Gambit, maybe there should be kind of some perks on that armor to incentivize you to actually get it. So, yeah, not not like not like um, you have with the Gambit Prime armor, but maybe that armor does specific damage or better damage against um yeah like against yellow blockers. bars or if right. you kill or, two or, three, or something or if you kill three red bars in a row you get a few more moats to kind of pop out of their head kind of thing little things like that would incentivize people to actually go you know what this is quite handy kind of armor and again it could cross over into gambit prime so if you can't or don't want to go into the reckoning but you've got this gambit armor it kind of gives you some reason as to still have it and still collect it rather than it drops you look at it it's a really low stat and let's face it most of them are really low stats and they don't have a reason to keep them unless you're kind of just filling a gap at that point in time and the same with crucible and, and strikes that's that gear uh, the 1.0 versions weren't that bad, but you look at those compared to the 2.0 versions, and again, they're low stats. They they don't give you anything. You know, if there was, say, you know, it gave you a few more points in, say, mobility or in recovery more than what you would get, say, with the, in other certain areas. I mean, I, I don't know. But I'm I'm kind of just spitballing here. But you see what I'm 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 saying is if it was more specific to that area, it would give people a reason why they would want to have a look for that armor rather than either infuse or shard it kind of thing. Exactly, and yeah, and, and I think Luke Smith agrees with you because he's you know he he goes into talking about you know I mean you know basically they're thinking about maybe you know pulling back on a lot of these seasonal activities and instead putting the rewards into the core activities into the other things. You know, he says like using you know using um you know, the weapons of the armor into sort of galvanizing strikes and you know putting things out that have sort of a theme for that season. You know, imagine the armor sets or sundial weapons being warped into core activity pools, or experiences like pursuing roles for sweet weapons that could only be found in a given playlist or an end of match reward, like a crucible ice aluna. You know, and I you know I love the idea. You know, put you know put investment back into the things we're already doing. You know. 
even you know take some of the sundial rewards or the vex offensive rewards and yeah just sprinkle them into the ordeal nightfall loot pool or sprinkle them into the just the strike loot pool for certain strikes you know just put add them to that loot you know, maybe retire some of the the older armor pieces or you know i know people love to collect their armors but yeah just even just refresh the weapons use that to refresh the weapon pool where people go, oh hey, this is this is dropping from this now, and maybe you know you don't even necessarily need to announce it. Just sort of put it in there at, after a hot fix or a season change, and people go, oh hey, this is coming from this now. It gives me a new reason to run that. You know, I think, uh, and I think too, I made the analogy as I was sitting and thinking about this of Apple and their Snow Leopard from Leopard update, where they basically you know publish it as this has zero new features. I feel like Destiny sort of needs a like we have zero new features update. But we're just going to polish the game and fix the game and slow down and, you know, do some of these quality of life changes and do some of the bug fixes that maybe take more time when we're not competing against the brand new XYZ coming for, you know, this season, next season, whatever. Right. I mean, my only problem with that is the vault space and the way that the collections work. And it needs to something needs to change in that respect, because if for say instance they do change it to these armor pieces and these weapons kind of do um, matter but only in certain activities then a 500 space vault isn't going to be able to do it for me you know i want to be able to insert my gear into a collections and then pull it back out in the same way that i actually inserted it into the collections i don't want to have to worry about putting it into a vault and then more stuff comes along and then i'm going i haven't played that in a couple of months but i might do but i'm not at the moment so i'm going to delete it kind of thing i don't like that part of it but they need to kind of rework that area of it yeah yeah no definitely and i think again that's one of those i'm sure it's on the priority list but i'm sure it's so far down behind you know ship season the worthy content you know i'm sure they're working on the content already for the season after that season 11 you know you know i would love season 11 to be the Let's give you more vault space season. Let's, you know, fix some of these major bugs. Let's, you know, polish things. Let's take some of these loot pools and refresh them. I, I would love to be, you know, the, the season of refresh. I would love that yeah. to be season 11. Because, yeah, vault space is only going to be a bigger issue. And even if they do, you know, sort, you know, move guns through and take some stuff out of the game, it's not like it's gone out of the game. There's still people who are going to have that equipment. Mm. And as long as it's viable to play still, you know, you're going to hang on to it, even if it's not, you know, technically viable to play. It's a lower light level. You still may add it to a build because of the perks that, to, that it gives you that you can't reproduce or just you don't have enough RNG, you know, blessing to get the new, you know, the, the 2.0 version of what you're trying to do. Uh, that's the problem they had with Destiny 1, wasn't it? When they tried to, I mean, we'll talk about it later, with the evolving armor and weapons. So at one point, uh, the year one stuff wasn't able to be infused past a certain level, but because they were God rolls of such weapons and armor pieces that people still kept them in the vault. So it still had an impact, I'm guessing server side for the information that Bungie still had to have because those weapons were still there in the world. They weren't all deleted. People still hung on to those because they could use those in regular crucible. They could use them in, patrols and people still liked using them whereas the meta kind of or the the shift was to go into using other weapons that had come in that higher light for 
pinnacle activities people still still held on to those other things and even back in destiny one we had that issue of keeping stuff in your vault because you couldn't reclaim it yeah i think in d1 it was almost a bigger issue because yeah if it was gone it was gone there was no collection there was no way to pull it back out it was you know especially with something that wasn't just you know a, a random world drop or hey this is a crucible reward you probably will do another one soon you hung on to all that stuff and, 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 and that's and, the problem and, with the random rolls, isn't it? Because you can't re-pull those back out of the collection. It's only the static rolls that we got from year one that we can, some of them can be pulled out of the collections. Right. Yeah, the static rolls and your exotics, which are statically rolled. But even then, you may have an exotic that, you know, because of its age, it's a different, you know, it drops, or was it the exotics that drop at different pieces? Or I may mean, I'm thinking of the, of the certain legendaries from year one, like the Sins of the Past and the Ikelos weapons. They could drop its different flavors, but anyway, yeah, you you may have a version from again an older you know an older season of this game that you just cannot reattain re reobtain right now. And I know, like all the, uh, I think it was a, I think it wasn't a half dandy. It was one like one of the auto rifles that was like a year one auto rifle that you know came to prominence a while back that we talked about that you just cannot get right now because it's not in a loophole anywhere. And to say nothing of all the faction rally stuff, we'll talk a little bit more about faction rallies later. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then Luke Smith sort of wrap up the section. He says, "You know, we could, you know, we think we think we could invest more in development of our quest lines right now. Things like Sundial consume team resources and then fade away. Imagine instead of that quest line, like Save a Legend, didn't go away following the season, but instead existed until the next expansion released. That way, as the players drift in and out of the game, there's a bunch of content building up for them when they return, which would also be nice because if you drift in and out of the game, you have some idea." what's going on you have a storyline or a quest line to follow to sort of have some clue what's happening in this game and again they say you know or he says just as we continue to evolve the narrative of the world we continue to invest in the evolving world of our open world public spaces you know in case you're unfamiliar those are the you know anywhere you can do a patrol basically any of the planets where you can free roam you know we've built a world where players can encounter each other often but we haven't made a world with fights challenging enough for you feel like other players matter and I think you'll agree that's true. And, you know, except for if you're just starting out, you get around the level cap or even just around a reasonable light level. And, you know, nothing in the world but, but a couple of drop pot is really going to cause you much, much havoc. <laughs> and we've made it to weapons. Yeah. So as we kind of alluded to just now, that the weapons are a problem. Bungie have acknowledged that, the, the fact that we have these weapons in the world and Bungie are forever trying to develop and bring those weapons forward and that is causing an issue with creating new weapons to kind of either surpass or match what we've initially got of like god rolls in so in Luke Smith's um, director's cut he talks a bit more about the weapons and all the way back in Destiny 2 Vanilla, every weapon that you get, you can keep and infuse to raise its power level indefinitely. And we didn't have this originally in Destiny 1. Destiny 1, we like we said, were capped at, I think it was 170 light. So at a certain point, those weapons you could keep in your vault, but you couldn't infuse those past 170. And this was quite prevalent with the Vault of Glass, the raid, the, the first raid that we had, you could get these god roll weapons like the Fatebringer. You might have heard of this as hand cannon that was the best gun in the game for PvE, PvP. And it was a kind of crutch for everybody to use 
in whatever kind of game mode that you were playing. And to stop this, Bungie then held those weapons back and said, right, from this point on, weapons from now will only be able to be infused up to your current light level. And part of the reason why they did that in Destiny 1 was because the our primary weapons had elements on them and those elements were could do extra damage like our energy weapons at the moment so you imagine having a primary weapon and an energy weapon and a heavy weapon all doing burn damage that if you were taking into a nightfall that had a specific burn on it or a shield on it you could have one of every flavor now i mean you can kind of do that now with is it the osmosis perk but back in destiny one these weapons were kind of you know top tier weapons and towards the end of destiny's life they then brought those main weapons back or the the vault of glass weapons uh the crota raid and kingsfall all these other raids that had the primary weapons that had the burns on them they brought them back as exotics so they were at higher light level and you could then take them back into these pinnacle activities but you kind of had to make a choice of it was going to be an exotic weapon with this burn on it rather than all primary weapons so that was the reasoning for it back in destiny one and i can understand why they they want to kind of do that in destiny 2 so luke smith says in destiny 2 with infusion it's like having every card you own in magic available i'm guessing and he's talking about magic the gathering that's what i assume as well yeah so so basically having every weapon that you ever owned available to you forever basically so it passively creates a power creep and this is what a lot of the youtubers have been saying that again it it has a kind of knock-on effect that they kind of try and outdo each other with the next season of improving on the weapons and the the different perks and things to make you kind of play with those weapons more but people will still gravitate back to these original weapons i mean you you only have to look at the midnight coup from the callus raid that it's a year one weapon it can't have any mods on it you can masterwork it but it, it only goes to a certain point with you can infuse it up to the light but it's still a god rolled weapon that people will still use in crucible and in pve activities so I understand where they're coming from with this. So Luke Smith says that it's an ongoing Destiny problem, which also means that our teams need to spend more and more time retesting and supporting old stuff instead of making new stuff. It reduces players' desires for new items, which dismantles aspiration like Shard the Blue post-credit Crucible match ritual. And it means we ultimately create a ton of gear that doesn't have any value beyond the ticking a box. And I got that on the checklist, which is what a lot of the things with the sundial have have been for like for some people. So that's understandable. This isn't value. It's actually the opposite of value because it works that we could be putting into making new stuff or improving old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm sure you agree. I agree with them. You're, you're just adding more and more and more into the game. So then you have to balance and test and think about and consider. And meanwhile, again, you're fixing that stuff without putting out new content. So, you know, there's there's only a finite time you have in every day and every week. And it's what do you want your developers to be doing? Figuring out how Telesso is going to break the game this week or doing that and trying to push the game forward a little bit. Because let's face it, Telesso will always break the game every week. It's, it's <laughs> going to do something. It's got something up its sleeve. I completely understand where the guardians are coming from that, 
they don't want this to happen. They love that gun so much. You know, it's their bay. They use it forever. But for Destiny to evolve, these things kind of need to happen. You kind of... I'm terrible at home. I mean, I, I I hang on to things. I hate change. And deep down, I, you know, I, I don't really like the idea of letting go of these guns in the game, but I'm not kind of letting go of these guns if I keep them, you know, and I see the need to progress it. It otherwise we're going to get to the stage where a lot of people in destiny one were saying, you know, the game's not progressing. It's, it's, not evolving you know at some point trials got to a really stale point and people were saying oh we need this we need that you know then bungie needs to do this bungie needs to do that yeah i mean i think just stale you know you're yeah you're you're you're, you're living with the same guns and the same tactics and the same everything for years and years and years it's gonna get old and i understand a lot of people really enjoy that but that's right. the problem that's the problem isn't it because you want the game to evolve and and get better over time and uh, i mean luke smith goes on to say that they're not saying that they're going to take away those weapons forever you know those weapons would stop at a certain point and then maybe come back in a year two years later uh different weapons different roles different perks on them so they could come back into the game or whatever iteration of destiny is at that point but it's to kind of keep the game moving keep it moving forward basically so i understand when people are saying that they don't want this to happen but it's kind of got to happen for the game you know if if the game didn't do that we'd be in the same situation six to eight months down the line where people say i'm bored of trials it's still the same meta this is still happening in you know pve activities you can still burn a boss down using this loadout using that loadout which is why I don't agree, but I do agree kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I think about, you know, there, there's maybe a half dozen guns that I use constantly in this game and maybe a dozen that are sort of like my, you know, backup go-tos when I either need to switch out for a singe or need to need more range or less range or whatever. But really I could delete three quarters of my vault and not really ever miss it so much. Like I, I was looking the other day for, I don't remember it was, you know, like an arc something for a, uh, ordeal nightfall we were trying to run and it's like oh i have that gun oh hey that gun exists like i just completely forgot i even had the stuff in my vault because i never go back and look for it it just sits there and sits there until maybe it's moment in the sun comes and it's like why am i holding on to this like yes it's a you know i think it was a scout rifle with a decent roll on or it was a, a you know a sniper rifle with a particular perk it's like yeah i have one of these but it just sits in my vault 99 percent of the time and it's going to sit there forever because I'm not going to delete it because I have no real reason to. Half my vault sitting at 750 for when they pushed everything to 750, but it just sits there forever until maybe I need it. And yeah, you know, I think you know, we need to have at least a little bit of evolution. Yeah. And leave some of that behind. And it'll, in turn, help. You know, it won't help the vault space problem entirely, but it'll, it'll maybe help a little bit of the vault space of, you'll say, at least, hey, maybe some of these you know exotic weapons or armor pieces that I have that I could, can repull from collections let me get rid of it because now it's you know going to be such a low light level that it's not going to be viable or you know some things you'll leave behind because you'll say hey i really enjoyed this gun but it's you know 500 points below the light level and just not a viable weapon anymore although with so much stuff not really needing light you know what's viable what's not is sort of its own question to puzzle over all right so yeah so luke smith goes on to say you know our combat team works extremely hard to make weapons feel unique each legendary weapon 
and many blues get their own flavor of special sauce. Sometimes it's the way a gun sounds, sometimes it's the insanely over-budgeted range stat, hand in hand. Sometimes it's the recoil pattern, sometimes it's the art, sometimes it's the indescribable thing that just makes an item resonate with our players. And yeah, I, I've i never enjoyed how much guns sound in a game as I have in Destiny. Both in, in the positive and also the please oil me squeak 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 of the Graviton Lance, which I want to use that gun, but that sound drives me nuts. I just I can't do it. I can't do it. detrick has got like 45,000 kills with that weapon, and I don't know how he does it. Maybe he's just shut out that sound because he has children and can just, you know, block a certain sound from his mind. But every time I, I fire that gun, I'm like, I'm going to get the WD-40 out and just, just apply a little bit. If I could have a double WD-40 mod or WD-40 catalyst just to not make it squeak, I'd be very happy. But anyway, that's my own hang-up. <laughs> so he says, you know, we made a lot of magic cards. We want you to keep the ones you love in your collection, as opposed to taking them all and throwing them all away and having the tower get destroyed again. So we're going to destroy the tower again. Watch, it'll, it'll happen. And a bunch of those magic cards could only be playable around the world while free roaming or in PvP formats. But where our power matters and aspirational activities are involved, we're going to make some changes to legendary weapons. You know what? I've, I've had a thought about this for quite some time. Because there's always that issue of the power creep and our light progressing too far in the game rather than i know we had the the tower destroyed from destiny 1 to destiny 2 and that kind of wiped our vaults we you know we didn't have this we didn't have that but then slowly over time we've we've got some of those weapons back but i was thinking now that we've kind of got to the point in the story where there is time travel possible and moving backwards and forwards through different timelines and different things using vex portals why not have the point like like you have in the terminator films you can travel to a certain point in time to continue a part of the story have the traveler come back from uh you know the stranger sorry the stranger come back from destiny one and you go off an adventure for say destiny three for the whole of you know doing something in the future but at that point you can't take any of your weapons you can't take any of your gear with you but it still progresses the story. You may learn things that have happened in the past and be able to influence stuff that happens in the future. And then say Destiny 4, you have to travel back in the past before we were originally Guardians to progress your your story even further. But again, because you've traveled backwards and forwards, you lose your light, you lose your weapons, you lose your armor, and you have to start again. And that way you can kind of pick up some of these legendary weapons that we have used in Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, maybe Destiny 3, and armor pieces as well. But you kind of use them at different points in time so that that way, you know, Bungie can get around not having to bring everything forward and back, but it's still your same Guardian, if you see what I mean. I, I'm hoping that's what what we can they can kind of do to alleviate the situation of the power creep and and having to bring everything with us each time and not having to keep destroy the tower every game that we have you know i, I really like that idea because again yeah it, it would let us build it would let us build some world in this game we're playing it's not just go over here and kill this flavor of alien this week uh, you know I, again i really enjoy playing through those safe 14 missions you know, there weren't a ton of them and they were pretty short, but I, I really enjoy the experience of going and being like, okay, you know, here's someone who needs our help. Let's go out and, you know, get this, you know, get this character back, get this, you know, person we've only heard about in myth and legend back into the game. And let's go explore some of these mysteries, like the big giant pyramid on the moon or, you know, the exo stranger, which I think, you know, I'm pretty sure is, is it, you know, one of the braves, but 
let's go dig into that story. Let's go, you know, there's so many threads that they've sort of opened and, and put into the game, but let's let's pull one of those threads and see where it leads us, as opposed to, hey, here's the big story, and tomorrow it's gone. We, we, we want Aldrin. Let's, what's Aldrin doing these days? What's he up to? Just hanging out somewhere in deep orbit somewhere? Do you know, <laughs> Are he and the Drifter having tea? Like, what's, you know, all these storylines that just are sort of, like, you know, built up and then just ignored until whenever. So, yeah, and I, I, love, I really like that idea of going and just exploring some of those. And, yeah, you well, don't need to even bring if you, your entire vault with you. Or even if you travel across the galaxy, you have to travel to a new planetary system and maybe stop the Vex from invading. But because you're traveling in like hyperspace and things you can't take everything with you you're just kind of given a base set of things to take with you every guardian gets to take it and you can only communicate with the tower via like uh, communicators and and things like that but your ship becomes your base of operations which a lot of people have asked for mm-hmm. over time you know yeah. and because it should be valuable or a, a space to use not just a yeah. animation loading screen you you log into the, a computer screen there and you talk to the vanguard you know, via your communicators, you pick up bounties and use your ship as a certain thing. And because we've traveled so far, I'm, I'm throwing this out there for Destiny 3, because we traveled so far in space and we've had to kind of be put in cryo sleep, we've grown a beard so people can grow beards. <laughs> and we can go back to the please let us have beards thing. Yeah. <laughs> so so do the Exos get beards too? Because Yes, yes. Very good, very good. Because my, my my dear Exo, you know, may not need need the cryo sleep to go across the galaxy, but he will need a beard when he gets there. Well, you know, like a little, they could have like those a little metal pointy goatee and or like a little metal mustache kind of thing, like a, a dapper gentleman kind of thing, like a curly mustache, but a metal version. Be amazing. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of Futurama inspired artwork here in my brain. So yeah, <laughs> I dig it. Sorry, I'll let you continue. Yeah. No, no, no. But I, I like that idea a lot. So yeah, just just ways to you know just. I think that's one of the big, you know, big themes of this is just to bring some story into the game and to move the world forward a little bit. And you can't do that by keeping things exactly how they have been for the last four or five years. So Luke Smith goes on to say there's a lot, there was a lot of learning to do when Destiny launched in 2014, six years ago, 2014. But there was also some good stuff in the game. I think back to you know to a bunch of it fondly, almost wistfully at times. The weapons from the Vault of Glass could be powerful, unique, and rare if you had Fatebringer, you probably had a bunch of Ascendant Shards to commemorate all the times you didn't get it. I miss those days when rewards were rarer and so special that you celebrated or hated when your friends got one. That's in part because of the design of the game gave them space to be different and space to be awesome. Panoramics, when he sent me the video clip of him breaking down Galahorns, and I still could not get one to save my life. It's those moments you really miss. Fatebringer, I'm not sure I ever got. Or, or, or I got right at the tail end of Destiny. <laughs> but it's, but it's, it, it was those, those hunts that made it fun. It's, yeah. I mean, frustrating as all get out, absolutely. But also, there was, there was some fun to that. You kept playing and you kept trying. And now yeah. it's, you know, there's just... We, we have too many special things. There's too many rewards. And I think that's the problem with a lot of the... A lot of the exotics aren't exotic enough because we have so many to choose from. A lot of them just don't fit a space that is valuable to anyone. Or, yeah, you could do this, but you could do this better with this other one over here. And so, you know, yeah, the 
you don't, I don't use three quarters of the exotics I have because they either don't provide me any real value to my play style or any play style. So I think, you know, just not having three quarters of them would be fine <laughs> or, you know, or, or take them back and change them. So Luke goes on to say, it's hard to cleave out that space in the current world of Destiny 2. Weapons that are supposed to come from pinnacle activities like raids and trials don't really have space to breathe. The answer can't be, just make them better, because that approach ends up with the reckoning situation I described last year. Now we had pinnacle weapons, which were largely just talents that had exotic-esque capabilities in legendary clothing. These weapons were typically the result of doing long pursuits, and when they arrived in your hands, they were pretty strong, Sometimes hilariously strong, looking at you, recluse. It also meant the team spent significant time developing each one. And if you imagine the abstract weapon space as a pyramid, those pinnacle weapons largely sat at the top of the pyramid, where most other legendaries were down in the clump of, they aren't really that different. Why? Because every other legendary item the team builds is going to be around forever, and the outliers get weeded out. Only they don't get weeded out because they're still in the game and we just break them down into shards or put one in our vault for a rainy day. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was just thinking back to D1 where the Gallahorn was that gun for every situation. I mean, if you were trying to raid in D1 and you didn't have a Gallahorn in your inventory, you know, LFG groups wouldn't even give you a second thought because that was yeah. just the weapon to use in every situation. It was that powerful. It was that good. It was the end all and be all of... Yeah, there's there's a dragon's breath, and there's some other things you could use to to do that damage. But there's just nothing, nothing like a rocket launcher with tracking wolf pack rounds. So imagine, you know, if you never played D one, imagine the Wardcliffe coil that shot like six. No, the tail, you know, tail of two fox, uh, the two tail fox. That's what it's called, the two tail fox. So take those two tails, make them six tails, and have them all track the enemy. That's sort of what it was. It was basically uh, the Slova bomb in rocket launcher form was the Galhorn. But it wasn't it was that just... slow. Right, right. You, you, you know, it wasn't slow, but it was that same effect of, you know, the rocket would would disperse into six, six you know, mini rockets, but then track everything. And that tracking, there was no outrunning that tracking. It would get no. you. Like, that weapon was just so stupidly overpowered. People say, oh, bring it back, bring it back. Don't bring it back. Don't just don't do it because every other rocket launcher you might as well delete from the game if you do that because that will be the only rocket launcher anybody will ever use. Yeah, just like it was in D1. <laughs> so Luke says, you know, back in 2014, the Vault of Glass weapons could be memorable because they weren't going to be in the ecosystem for things like trials, nightfalls, and raids forever. They'd naturally fall by the wayside because of power, you know, attack slash light in those days would make them obsolete. And the world we're imagining will have space at the top to create power these powerful legendary weapons, legendaries that are just better than other items in the classification. We'll be able to do that because the design space of weapons will expand and contract over time. Items will enter the ecosystem, be able to be infused for some number of seasons beyond that. Their power won't be able to be raised. Our hope is that instead of having to account for weapons viability forever when we create one, it can be easier to let something powerful exist in the ecosystem and those potent weapons entering the system means there's more fun items to pursue. So again, just you know, letting your guns go obsolete. It can be powerful for three or four seasons, and then you know it, it slowly is going to become less useful. It's you know that your god roll bygones. You may have to say goodbye to your midnight coup. You may have to you know put in your ship in a in a nice little display case for you to remember the good old times when. <laughs> 
but th that's the thing isn't it they're not yeah. going away you can still keep those and you can still do pve activities up to a certain point you can still do pvp up to a certain point it's only the pinnacle stuff where light matters that these right. weapons won't be able to be used but then you'll find that with that comes new metas and new things will come into the fray that you'll want to use because because it'll kind of incentivize hopefully your builds and the way that you play or even it'll help with taking down a boss in a raid or a nightfall i think that that's the good thing about it that those weapons will still be around and they will still be a particular god role for you but it's it's going to be it's exciting to be honest i know it's daunting trying to have to let go of things and that's why i was saying you know i don't like it i like it kind of thing but it, it it's a, a kind of a, a valuable lesson a life lesson really and that you, ultimately you do have to let go of things it, it's like the i think it's a, a buddhist philosophy isn't it there's no attachments much like a, a a jedi you you don't have attachments because if you get attached to something you, you kind of fear the loss of losing it and ultimately at the end of the day you are going to lose things in your life and you you won't be able to hold on to them forever and this is kind of the bungee's way of saying this is life really you know it's going to be ever evolving and it's ever changing but it's going to be enjoyable there's going to be tears on the way and it, it, you know it's worth worth playing and enjoying us as we travel through this game yeah and the other thing i was just thinking about too is this will solve a lot of our nerf problem you won't have to because yep. again you, you build a gun five years later you're supporting that same gun it's you know just as viable for a lot of activities you have to make some changes to it especially if you're coming out with you know you build a new act you know build a new raid encounter or a new 6v6 activity, and you have to say, well, there's this one gun in this game that's going to just make this activity absolutely worthless. Because like, like you said, then you have the reckoning problem. They had to you know, make the reckoning so hard and have so many mechanics because we were so stupidly overpowered that there was just no, there was no challenge to it at all. And, and now you have to do that with how, how, many, how many exotic weapons do we have in this game at this point? How many, you know, legendary things with certain part? Like, there's so much you have to plan around. There's always going to be some, you know, best way to do something. And that's the thing. Every time that there's a nerf or a buff or a change, everyone moans and complains and goes, oh, now I can't do things the way I used to. Well, a week later, people have said, hey, here's the new way to do it. Here's the new strategy. Here's the new weapon loadout to use. Yeah, maybe it's not quite as quick or it's quite as efficient or it makes too many a little harder but it's still just as viable a way to do it. And it helps, again, move the game forward, move the weapons forward, and maybe, you know, I'm not saying Bungie will never nerf things again, because obviously they're going to. They're going to nerf things, they're going to buff things, they're going to change things around, because they want, you know, all the weapons to be viable to a point. You know, you know, all the weapon types to be viable to a point. But maybe this means they have to make less sort of, you know, big changes to certain things if, hey, you have the gun, it gets its good run, and now it's time to put it out to pasture again. Or now it's you know, at least not a, a thing people are using to, to make videos of in raids. Yeah. And so, saying saying that, I mean, one final note that Luke Smith did make quite explicit, they've got no plans to apply this to exotic weapons at this time because they want the exotics to stay exotic so that you carry those through and forward in the game at the moment anyway. But the legendaries are kind of on the ecosystem first that 
can be brought in or out of the game, which is quite a good thing. Definitely, and and he you know, he goes on to say, you know, that, you know, they don't have this all. So this is don't don't take to the forums and take to Twitter screaming about, oh, they're gonna do this. But he says, you know, the simplest version of how this could work is legendary weapons will have a fixed value for how high they can be infused. Those values will protect the weapon's viability in game during the lifespan, and we think that lifespan is somewhere between nine and fifteen months. So, you know, three quarters of a year to a year and a quarter, or you know, three to five seasons of Destiny, which seems like, you know, a good enough amount of time. Because really, what legendary weapon, again, you've got your legendary favorites, but think back, you know, what did you earn three or five seasons in Destiny ago? Are you still using it? Can you even tell me what you got then? No, it just, it's a loop pool that just grows and grows and grows. So I think that's, you know, you know, a reasonable amount of time. You know, I feel like three seasons minimum is sort of a good amount of time to have something be around and be a you know viable in-game legendary weapon. Now we've been to the Cosmic Gardeners. <laughs> All right. So Luke Smith talks about us being Cosmic Gardeners. Last year, we said it frequently seemed like Destiny was treading water instead of moving the world's narrative forward. And again, we want to tackle this in Destiny's third year. That statement is still true for us today as we look into Destiny 2 Year 4 and beyond. When we started, we started this in Year 3, but the job isn't done. By its very name, this is something that really doesn't have an end. The idea of building a narrative that is moving forward for the story of your Guardian, plural, all of you, moving you all forward, creating a universe <laughs> where permanent change is possible and players have meaningful impact is still a thing we're chasing and experimenting with. On the technical side, I come back to sustainability as new areas, features, and event types are added to Destiny. The problem of maintenance grows accordingly for the team. And that's linked to the recent rollbacks we had. New changes to the system have to be checked against all the content, new and old alike. That introduces risk and a big burden on our team to maintain the legacy content. In practical terms, it prevents us from responding to players who have problems as quickly as we would like. And that's, you know, that's what they'd like to alleviate. And that's what I, as a player, would like them to alleviate. Again, they push a new change. They push a new patch. They have to test everything in the game. And they're going to miss some stuff. And they're going to miss some big things. And, you know, this is the first time in, in Destiny's history, you know, not just D2, but in Destiny's history in the last six years, since 2014, they've ever had to roll back the game. They've ever had a big, you know, show-stopping bug like this which I think is also a good sign of you're moving too fast. You're trying to do too much. Slow it down. You know, you know, get your house in order. Like, like Lou Smith said in the director's cuts last year, build the foundation, make sure your foundation's solid, then build the rest of your house. Bungie, you got kind of a wobbly foundation here. Let's fix, let's slow it down, <laughs> fix the foundation. And then the house you're going to build will be much more stable. So to answer the question of faction rallies, which we've kind of covered on the podcast previously, if you look back in our history of chats about things. So the faction rallies were these weekly events that you could go and visit the three vendors that are still in the tower now and do certain activities and you could earn weapons and armor that were exclusive to those factions. If you pledged to that faction, it would be for the whole of your account. You would then earn exotic ornaments if you if your faction won the, the rally for that week. So there were exclusive weapons that you could win. So that's what happened at that time. And I think 
because of the reason it was too much of this too much work or too much work for a little effort on our side they haven't got any plans to bring the faction rallies back at the moment uh, the reward gear hasn't been used much apparently um, our character's cast is growing too large and crucially they didn't drive a bunch of engagement with the game like we just said that said there's some sweet looks in that gear we're moving the faction rally armor to the legendary engram reward loophole in season 10 alongside a few popular faction weapons so i mean that's quite good the the ones that kind of stand out for me is the pneumonarchy armor that had the lions all over it you could look like a lannister from game of thrones throw a different mm -hmm. shader on there and you look pretty nice and neat and to be honest i've actually pulled some of that back out recently because there's a certain build that you can put with a titan and one with a hunter actually to help get your infinite invisibility and because you have the certain pieces give you a lot of points in mobility that helps bring back your class ability for like your dodge um and that's helped but it is stuck a, a 1.0 armor thing in my collections it, it can't be brought forward so this is quite exciting that these things are now going to be brought into the 2.0 version and be dropping again in the world so you'll see more lannisters rolling around maybe not that many future war cult um there'll be a lot more um space goths looking at you respawn so many space goths yeah and hopefully the shaders will come back as well they haven't mentioned the shaders there was like a black and white one for dead orbit there was blue red and white for future war cult and then the new monarchy was more of a kind of red and gold white kind of shader so it was a a nice shinier kind of feel to it well yeah i mean it's sort of what we've been talking talking about and loose with alluding to you have content because right now that's one of the things you can't get in destiny you cannot get any of this gear any of this armor it's it's absolutely off limits to you because there are no factions to get it from that you know you can walk down to the dead orbit guy and be like hey space goth how's it going and he'll stare at you Walk over to Future War Cult or New Monarchy, Monarchy, and they can stare at you and look at you funny. But that's all they can do. They're just they're just standing there doing nothing. So again, it's nice you've got again you've spent time and money in developing these armor pieces and these weapons. Put them into the game. So it's nice to see those entering the loophole for season ten. And see, maybe maybe pull some old things out. You you look at look at the numbers and go, nobody uses this gun. Nobody uses this armor piece. Let's move those out. Let's put these into the loophole. It refreshes the loophole. It gives people a reason to do things, especially newer players that weren't around. Maybe, you know, all the new light folks who weren't around for the faction rallies, they can't have any of this. Give them the opportunity to, to earn some of this stuff. And it just makes it a little more refreshing to them. And even some of us who, you know, maybe didn't keep it around because it's armor 1.0 or, it, you know, just you didn't like the look of it or you didn't pledge that faction, whatever. It gives you the chance to have some of this now in the game and it refreshes your loophole. With you know minimal work, you're taking a, an asset you already have, moving to armor 2.0, which yeah is some work, but it's easier, I'm sure, than creating a brand new set of armor, a brand new set of weapons. You then have to test around. You've tested and balanced it to a point. Again, it just refreshes our loop pool, which is wonderful. Yeah, it gives gives you something else to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. And they're doing the uh, so this one I was I need to I was looking at this. And I'm going, okay, so so for season, you know, a shortcut to the loose with talks at the end is the bright engrams. 
He says, for season 10, we're doing away with the bread and grams as purchasable items. We want players to know what something costs before they buy it. Bright Ingrams don't live up to their principle, so we will no longer be selling them on the Eververse store, though they will still appear in the free track of the season pass. So does he mean selling them for silver? Because honestly, yes. I haven't even looked to see what you can buy with silver, because I just look at Bright Dust only. Yeah, so in the Eververse store, you can actually purchase the Bright Ingrams. You can, it's a, a fond memories engram. And you can purchase that for for some amount silver. of silver. Yeah, so silver, two hundred silver will get you one, five hundred will get you three, and eight hundred will get you um, a few more. <laughs> I think five, something like that. Anyway, but okay. it's I think it's more to do with the loot boxes and the laws that are coming in. That why why would you purchase something you have no control over getting from? those loot boxes so they'd rather kind of just put everything in the eververse store for silver and you can purchase as and when whatever you want to yeah that that makes a lot more sense because yeah. yeah i i, I honestly i again I, I don't really look at what you can purchase for silver especially for the you might get something out of this i don't even bother looking at that because why would i but yeah. yeah, so it's nice to see that they've, and again, I'm sure they've gotten again very little engagement with that too. I'm sure very few people have purchased a chance at, oh, here's a collection of shaders or maybe a ship. No, you're going to buy the thing you want to buy, not take your chance at something. Mm. So that's a nice little change. It just, I read it and I was like, purchasable. Again, you can tell how much I look at the Eververse store. <laughs> I think because we're players that have been there since day one and we get these engrams to drop you know the majority of the items that we've got so anybody that's kind of come in at christmas or like new light guardians that came in with shadow keep some of those old cosmetics um, ships sparrow shaders whatever it is that you get from those engrams we've already got so when we do get uh, a kind of copy of them we just dismantle it and forget about it there are either things that we don't want or we've already got kind of thing so i, I see where they're coming from this is kind of to help new light players yeah, and speaking of helping our new light players, uh, we have new light, new intro. So Luke Smith says, we dramatically underestimated how many new guardians would wake up on the Cosmodrome. We're going to improve the new light entry this fall and flesh out the starting experience at Destiny. Which is just, That's I mean, not a week goes by. And, and again, we've had Fuzz go on and some other folks on who are either new to Destiny or new to destiny 2 that played d1 or you know started picked it up because it's on pc for the first time and yeah the new light experience just sounds like a bit of a mess it's hey you're in this world good luck so it's good to see that they're gonna again spend some time on putting an intro together giving players some direction maybe you know flesh out that experience so people pick up the game and stay with it yeah and we just spoke about this last week didn't we how we had a few ideas and, and things of how to improve that. So I'm just glad that they, they've acknowledged that anyway, and they're going to actually take steps to help improve people getting into it. And hopefully they flesh out the, the problems that we kind of pointed out last week with knowing the different systems and the different currencies and the different, just everything that's kind of mm -hmm. similar to other games. But if you haven't played the other games, I mean, I've never, I never played world of Warcraft. I've never played magic, the gathering, this is the kind of first game that I've kind of played that is like this. You know, I, I'm aware that there are other games like that. And I've kind of learned as Destiny has grown. 
So yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm right there with you because like I've I've never played WoW. I'm you know World of Warcraft. I'm sort of um, familiar-ish with it and sort of how MMOs work. I've played tiny bits of Magic. Like I understand the theory behind it, but yeah, it's it's not a system I've really ever been in. Like I I, I look at Destiny like I look at Borderlands. It's a game. It's a looter shooter. It's a thousand guns. Figure out which one works best for you. <laughs> with some story that they're tr- struggling to try to build in and make some sense to. So that's, yeah, that's a nice change. And then finally, our quest log is getting another another bit of love this next season. Or actually, uh, does he say next season? All right, well, the quest log is getting some changes. I'm hoping it's going to be next season. Yeah, I don't I don't want to put words into his mouth. Uh, <laughs> so, the, so all the quests are going to get assigned a category. And this buckets them into a specific area within the quest tab. So, for example, all your exotic quests will get their own category, as well as seasonal quests. The seasonal quest category is helpful in that it contains all the quests that expire at the end of the current season. Which is great, because the tab they have now was a big step forward. But even then, even, you know, I, I feel like weekly I'm explaining to people, okay, you have this many total slots. That's between your daily bounties and your quest log. So if you have more quests, you can pick up less bounties and vice versa. So it's nice to see them giving this another visual refresh and making it make more sense and just telling you what expires at the end of the season, which is always a question and always a thing we're all scratching our heads around. And with that, we have made it to the end of the director's cut. So, you know, Luke Smith, will put a link in the show notes if you want to go read all of his director's cut and all of its glory, because obviously we did not read every last little bit that he said, but we tried to pick out, you know, the highlights and maybe the important parts and the things that we thought you know, that we, we found most interesting that maybe you as the other players would also find most interesting. Yeah. And you may have noticed it's very quiet. And that's because we've done this section without Respawn. Only because we know that Respawn likes to have a few things to say. And we thought we'd rather give you the information first and then introduce you to Respawn and his ranting. So we'll transition you back to the main podcast now. Please fasten your safety belts. And welcome back. You have joined us back at This Week at Bungie for the 27th of February, 2020. We've just explained to Respawn what we've been speaking to for the last 20 minutes or two hours as it's in your ears. Right. And um, we'll cover This Week at Bungie and um, then let Respawn have his little say at the end. Right. So this week at Bungie, Charles is back on the menu, and this is something that we've discussed in the previous two hours. So it's been an exciting week, and you've all come together to donate your stockpiles of fractalin to the ongoing effort to build the new lighthouse and usher in the return of Trials of Osiris for next season. As soon as the final stage was complete, you were invited to survey the completion of the project and light the beacon. We saw your signal as our cue to release the developer insight video, confirming what many of you have speculated for a while now. Again, we'll link that in the show notes. To follow on from the video, Luke Smith wrote another director's cut, which again, we've spoken at great length about for the last two hours, including our philosophies on seasons and some challenges in sustaining a game with weapons that last forever. Similar to the three-part epic that he put out last year, it contains a lot of important information you won't want to miss. Again, linked in the show notes, spoken about for the last two hours. Hashtag the last two hours. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where we get into 
a lot of the changes that are going to happen in next season. So subclass changes. There's going to be a lot of subclass changes coming in the next season, season of the worthy. And with trials returning, like we speculated last week, with the nerfs that were happening or adjustments that were happening to some of the weapons that they've detailed last week, it's all kind of going in the same kind of direction. They want to kind of hone the subclasses, hone the weapons so that nothing is kind of being the go-to, the outlier, the, you know, the, you, you know, people are moaning that this weapon is more powerful than that. And everybody's using that as a crutch. So to give us some insight into that, the development team has said, hey, Guardians, Charles is coming back and the combat system team has been hard at work preparing Destiny 2 for its arrival. We've made a number of big changes to the abilities in the sandbox. And instead of simply dropping them out in a patch notes, we wanted to take this opportunity to offer some transparency for our decision making process. Before we begin, we wanted to give a big shout out to the data scientists here at Bungie. They provide us with mountains of valuable data to sift through, from win rates for each subclass in the Crucible game modes to the kills per minute of each weapon on each platform in each PvE activity. This data allows us to make sure that we're informing, making informing decisions when balancing the game. It also allows us to separate the perceived power of abilities, weapons and armor from their true objective power. But the data doesn't always tell us the whole story. And we believe strongly that the perceived power and the community sentiments are just as important as cold, hard data. Even as Trials returns, we are committed to maintaining a fun and fair sandbox for both PvE and PvP. And we consider data for all game modes when making the adjustments. Parody, would you like to take us through <laughs> Warlocks? Warlocks? They're, they're going to get punches. They serve mm -hmm. punch now. It'll be great. So, <laughs> it's not quite how it works, but okay. No, absolutely. So Warlocks have long been in a disadvantage in melee fights because it takes them slightly longer than Titans and Hunters to recover from making a melee attack. So next season, we're extending the Warlocks' basic melee range by 1 meter to a total of 5.5 meters. Warlocks will still melee slightly slower, but now they'll have a 1 meter advantage. So un-T-Rex arms the Warlocks, I guess? <laughs> Well, no, they did this because I actually watched the video this time. Am I on mute? No, I'm no. not. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> I did. I actually watched the video this time, and they, they did this because the punchers are so slow that they gave a range advantage to Warlocks. That way, hopefully, they can get that second punch out before the other classes two-shot them. So, Right. Or, yeah, yeah melee, melee and, and blink away or melee and jump away or, yeah, melee and get that shot off something. The yeah, punch is or, still incredibly slow, but at least now you have a range advantage to get the first one off before somebody else gets theirs off. Which, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important quite... if you're playing a wizard class. You really want to get up there in, in close quarters and start punching your way through things. <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, look, Harry, I'm a wizard. <laughs> so Bungie say that they feel that it's more of an interesting solution to the melee disparity of the harmonizing... Harmonizing? Is it... Then harmonizing all of the melee attacks basically making all the melee attacks the same and we'll be studying the data yeah they'll be studying the data as it rolls in to make sure that it's balanced so like i think fallout was saying that this is a good thing you know it goes against <laughs> hopefully they watched his video and and took note and isn't fallout a warlock main no that's mr sean disregard okay no he put out a video recently that we highlighted on the podcast about the the ranges and how slow that the warlock one is compared to all the others. 
Yeah, I know. I was just, I was just because Mesa Sean said something similar too, and it's because he's a warlock main. So disregard. So what's happening next, Parody? Uh, Titan barricades are happening next. So the Titan barricade, which we alluded to last week, is incredibly powerful in trials, or will be, because who remembers trials with Titan barricades? <laughs> a Titan's barricade is incredibly powerful in trials because you can use it to safely resurrect your fallen teammates. Next season, we're creating counters to the barricade while also raising its health from 500 to 600 hit points. Oh. Barricades will now take extra damage from special ammo weapons, anti-barrier weapons, and certain heavy weapons. And for once, Bungie has actually given us some numbers. Hmm. So the following weapon types now do 30% extra damage to barricades. Sniper rifles, grenade launchers, linear fusion rifles, machine guns, trace rifles, and anti-barrier weapons. And the following weapons now do 60% extra damage to barricades, shotguns, and fusion rifles. You will also see yellow damage numbers when hitting a barricade with a counter weapon, which always feels good. So yeah, making the barricade stronger, and then also having things do more damage to it, which I'm not going to say balance each other out, but what's the point? If well, it, I'm, what if, I'm guessing that what if it does balance it out. What if we get a season that does... Because uh, remember how we haven't had anti-barrier on shotguns or fusions? So what if this coming season we get anti-barrier on shotguns and fusions? Does that mean it increases the damage from 60 to 90%? To well, you, know, you, you never... It's not going to stack like that. But yeah, I was going to say this. This is quite interesting because at the moment we've got—is it auto rifles, pulse rifles, scout rifles, roughly—that have got and those. one oh, of one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah, one of those that have kind of and hand cannons. I've got anti-barrier rounds on. So yeah, yeah this season it, it depends on what's down. what's next season, doesn't it? What's on that artifact that you can use to? How destroy? much you want to bet it's snipers after they just nerfed them? I. Ooh. Yeah, well, isn't that what we sort of decided last week? It was what yeah. snipers, sniper sidearm shotguns that yeah. hadn't gotten the love yet, and you know trace rifles. But yeah, it's like Respawn was saying, it'd be interesting to see how they stack that damage if it does go into sniper rifles. Yeah, and you can't do trace rifles because all the trace rifles in the game are all exotic. So yeah, you so, can't put so... you can't put a mod on an exotic weapon. So trace rifles right. would be pointless. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, someone's going to put out a video of how much damage do they do now? What's thirty percent more of that? Because I can't tell you what. I I can tell you a sweet business will melt a wall in no time at all, but I can't tell you beyond that what other what other weapons melt a wall quickly, or how much damage each of them do. I've watched a couple of videos this week, and I believe As to Cross and Fallout both mentioned the um, Bastion and Lord of Wolves. Also, at the moment, without this mm, nerf and buff. Go can melt straight through a shield and the guardian behind it. So now that they're doing extra damage, it's like, uh, yeah, be careful if they've got um, Bastion and Lord of Wolves. Although maybe not Lord of Wolves, that might not be. But I see this is more of a, a thing for Trials, to be honest, because yeah, absolutely, you put, you put a wall up in like normal PvP, Iron Banner, normal Crucible. It's just a kind of a quick thing because people are still going to melt that barricade down because there's going to be more special ammo lying around. Whereas in trials it's you kill somebody, you can pick up their ammo, but they're not going to be dying over and over and over again. So there's not going to be a lot of extra special laying around. So Yay. trials coming Titan shields, more powerful. Yay. 
yeah, yeah. Be I, I mean, really, it's only point, even in PvP now, it's only point is maybe to stack them and get a little bit of damage as somebody, you know, breaches a door. Maybe it takes, you know, you get a little bit of damage on them that your shotgun blast. You see a little bit of damage, but off. when I walk through a Titan shield, it takes a good, it takes my entire shield and then some of my health, like like 50% of my health. That's because you're a squishy hunter. Yeah. You go, that, you go against the Titan, they're, 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 they will walk straight through it. And oh, yeah. Squishy hunter. I have 80 resilience, dude. You're, you're, you're still a hunter, though. You're still squishy. Like, like I, I've had people run through wall. <laughs> I've been shoulder charged through pl plenty of walls, and it doesn't even matter. Like they take some damage, but not a you know not enough to really matter. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this is this. I think is solely going to be so you can res your friends without getting sniped, like you were in Destiny One. You didn't have to you know perfect the slide the slide res to get to get the the res of your teammate before that sniper bullet finds both of you in the face. That, see, I think that's that's totally why, what this is. That's what gives, yeah. I, I mean, and that gives Titans or people with Titans on their team a huge advantage in trials, man. Because trials is all about resurrecting teammates and taking them down before they can res theirs, right? So if you have Titans and you know there's going to be entire teams of Titans because one shots and shields, duh. I mean, it's just it's going to be heavily weighted in Titans' favors, I think. But We'll see when we we'll see when it gets here. But I see the lining on the cloud. I, I see the writing on the wall. It's gonna be Titans all the time, everywhere in freaking trials, and it's gonna drive me crazy. It's still gonna be nothing but hunters that I'm gonna see, because Titans are good to a point. But I think the mobility of hunters outweighs the tankiness of <clears throat> Titans for one certain thing here and there. Especially if they can, you know, especially if they're working as a team and team shotting you, it's not gonna matter because if. if, <laughs> if, if <laughs> When you what, say, what? especially if they're going to tea, right? And I thought you was going to say something, like, especially when they're teabagging you after they yeah. kill you. Or well, well, I mean, that's also going to happen because looking at you hunters. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I'm trying to do a dodge, but I'm doing it over your body. Yes, yeah, no, I did, I'm waiting for time. my dodge to charge. To, I don't know oh, what you're sorry, talking about. I, I'm trying to put this rift down. I didn't, I didn't know that you, you know, this rift is not working. Let me try it three or four times. Oh, this dodge, yeah, it just doesn't seem to work. Maybe if I try it over here, over your face, that'll work better. No, yeah. no, okay. Yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, I think, I, I don't know, my, my, my visions of trials is just going to be, you've got one guy sniping you, then you've got one guy that's going to rush you with the shotgun or the fusion rifle, and let's be honest, the fusion rifle ranges are still nuts, so you you stick a fusion rifle or a telesto bolt to that wall, that wall is gone, the thing behind the wall is gone, and then your buddy snipes the person you're trying to res, and you're right back where you started, so. And then like the Garden of Salvation, you know how the, the pieces of land, the chunks of land disappear? The Telesto is going to start doing that, but everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. That's just part of the map. PVM. Season of the Worthy is all about PVM, man. Or PVT, so, player versus Telesto. <laughs> moving, moving on to our one-shot abilities. I got this so, one. No, no, no. No, no, uh, no, 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 no. I no. got this. No, because you're going to rant. Wait until the oh, end. Rant dude. at the end. Rant at the end. <laughs> Let's give the information first. You rant at the end. Okay, Ooh. hold on to the thought, hone it, control it, and then explain. Hold it like, hold it like that with your throwing knife. Yes. yes. Oh, he's he's pushing my buttons. No, he's you see not. what he's doing? He's poking so, a bear, man. No. One shot abilities. So with the introduction of Hunter's Weighted Knife in Season of Dawn, each class now has a neutral game ability that can, in PvP, kill with one hit so they've taken a pass at all the one shot abilities to tune their risk reward factor 
we'll warn you now that some of these changes look extreme on paper, but we've made a point to make sure that these abilities retain their overall feel. I even shut my door, man. I knew I was going to get heated. <laughs> For the Titan's three shoulder charge abilities, so that's your arc, solar, and void, they've reduced the auto-targeting angle by 50%. That might sound like a lot, but acrobatic titans could previously auto-target to make an instant 90-degree turn, which I can't seem to do, and I'm a main titan. Oh, I kept telling uh, you guys to me all the time, you're like, no, it, we can't do that. It's so easy to miss. Bungie, I, I still miss. Well, I still I've, miss. I've, I've got somewhere in one of the clips I have from last week where that happened. I was I was going after someone. I think it was a, a warlock or a warlock or titan. A hunter jumps across, you know, like right to left on my screen. I'm mid-shoulder charge. I make a 90-degree left turn, kill the hunter <laughs> mid-shoulder charge because he, you know, it locked onto him instead. So, yeah, no, this is absolutely a thing. Yeah. And it's just as disconcerting to the titan as I'm sure it was to that hunter <laughs> who jumped in front of me. It doesn't matter. It's the titan. Which calm, idiot calm, he killed? He still right. killed them. Well, no. Well, I mean, really, it's his fault for jumping in front of me. You know, oh, you're, yeah. you're running in front of a moving truck. You're getting hit by the truck. But really, as a result, I killed the hunter, but then got killed by the guy I was trying to shoulder charge because I'm standing there for a second going, wait a minute, why, why am I over here now? And why is that man murdering me? No, no, it's because <laughs> yeah, Bungie no, this, this has is a good come, change. Come, that they are Titan main and, and, and Titans auto-track hunters. It's in the code. They don't auto-track hunters. They auto-track whatever's near you. <laughs> they auto-track hunters, man, unfairly. Calm. Well, the so, hunter needs to stop jumping in front of the truck. Right. So Bungie have also adjusted the lunge distance to 5.5 meters for both targeted and untargeted lunges. Targeted lunges were previous 6 meters, while untargeted lunges were previously 4.5. So these changes make for a consistent experience while lunging, which is quite nice. So for the Hunter's Weighted Knife, they've reduced the tracking significantly and created a new tracking tech that will make the knife more faithful to its initial throw trajectory. That's so I really, I, I really like how how yeah. how we got some like you know in depth like Titan shoulder charge numbers and changes. We'll get into the Warlock handheld supernova here in a second. Everyone they're like, we made some changes and there's something new. Like, I think no, really, because no, no all, numbers, all that means, no data, all that no they information. Took away, they took away our freaking auto targeting. They took away the the, the aim assist. Yes, but they've they've created a new tracking tech. So that let, will be let, more faithful to its initial throw trajectory. You know yes, what that means? Okay. You know what that means? No you aim assist. Aim no, they, they, <laughs> no, a new tracking tech. New tracking tech. Okay. You, yes. actually, you know what's put, new? You know what new tracking it. tech is? Put a pin is? in it. Put no a pin tracking in it. tech. Put a pin in it. As for the Warlock's handheld supernova, we've made a number of changes to bring this ability in line with the other one-shot super abilities. <clears throat> While part of the handheld supernova's strength lies in its pairing with the controversial hold exotic gauntlets, which are also being tuned this season, no details as yet, our data indicates even without the controversial hold, handheld supernova needs to be adjusted. Yes, please. So here are the changes. They've increased the activation time by 0.6 seconds. So it's a little bit faster to activate the thing. They've reduced the hold time from 3.5 seconds to 2.5. They've reduced the range by 20%. They've tightened the horizontal spread of the bolts by 25%. Bolt explosions now does self-damage. Thank Oh, my God. Thank you. Yes. that they've, they've reduced the bolt explosion radius from 3 meters to 2.5. So I was watching a video by Fallout, I believe, and he was 
basically saying it's like what they did with the shotguns where they've you can tighten the spread of the bolts and they've kind of reduced the range but if you're kind of within a certain radius you will still get if there's two or three people standing there you'll still get all three of those people killed kind of thing so it's just kind of honing it down to what it should probably be rather than kind of just splurging it across the screen like like we were joking like the lord of Wolves last week yeah and, and that's yeah that that needed some attention yeah i mean yeah, it was it, was it gets better keep reading it gets okay. better <laughs> in bundy's playtesting they found that the product of these changes is an ability that is still accurate and strong but now has a risk reward ratio in line with its power after all this thing can vaporize multiple pvp opponents instantly sure can. There, there is a there's even a bit of silver lining here the tightening of the bolts leads to more concentrated damage at range improving the viability against supers which is quite all right, stop there that right there it sounds like a compensation right Right there. Silver lining, tightening bolts leads to more concentrated damage at range. Boom. That is That sounds like it's a compensation, right? Here you go. Yes, we've made these changes, but on the bright side, this happens. That's not good enough. They get... Put another pin in it. Go ahead. To compensate for this change, other elements of the middle void walker path have been buffed. So... We had this when Nova Warp first came into the game. It was very, very powerful. And it sounds like mm -hmm. it, it was nerfed considerably into the ground that, to the mm -hmm. point of nobody used it. And then slowly they've kind of attuned it and brought it back slowly. So this sounds like they're going to do a little bit more of an increase to how it was, but yeah. not, not entirely. So they're going to increase the damage resistance oh. and give it a longer duration oh. and reduce blink cost. So that's what they've done so far, and that's what they've told us so far. General subclass tuning, so in the next um, season, they've made a number of changes to the subclass pass in an effort to tighten the gameplay for balance. For example, Stormcaller top, Striker bottom, and Arcstrider bottom remain dominant in PvP for multiple seasons now. And they said this a while back, that they wanted to kind of make sure that it wasn't just one dominant uh, ability that was for each class they wanted to kind of make sure that they were all kind of tuned so this again they're taking another pass at all of the abilities so some will get tuned up some will get tuned down really the the, the whole thing you can read or you can get to the they're they're taking the storm color top striker bottom tree and arc strider bottom tree down they're bringing void walker bottom tree up night stalker bottom tree up and striker tree middle up yeah. See, that's that's my confusion, right? I've used the bottom tree arc on a hunter, and I get more kills with the bottom tree night stalker. Well, then that's good By for far. you. That's good for you because if they're but bringing it up even more, it'll be even better. It just because of the super, because you can kill more people with the super. To me, that's not as that's not as impactful as being invisible well, no, no. all the time. No, and no, no. More kills. They didn't say it was the super. They're saying the night stalker bottom. So the whole tree. So each different thing on there. They will adjust it, and they'll let us know in the next couple of weeks yeah. what they're actually adjusting to make it better. Yeah, I, I know it's the whole tree, but what I'm saying is why do people keep preferring the arc instead of the void? Because the void, you got so much more viability outside hey, of your super hey, hey, than hey. the arc they, does. They, they, I mean, it says they've ranked the paths in, you know, among the top PvE paths in terms of the kills per minute, and they've also been looking at like, the win-loss ratios in Crucible. 
So you know, they've been looking at a number of different data points where, yeah, it's not the super entirely. It may just be how many people are playing this and how much success are they having. Yeah, there's, you know, you're having a lot of success with that. So it'll be even better once they make the changes to improve it even more. And the yeah. folks that are, you know, relying on their, um, you know, their bottom tree striker to be just a bulldozer of endlessness may have a little less success with it. So, and yeah, the, the, the Titan middle tree just needs some help because it's still, it's like Nova Warp. You could run it, but why would you bother? <laughs> I, I, I know. I mean, I, I was, I was playing, um, competitive this week trying to get my um linear fusion rifle and i was on rusted lands and i was in that little tunnel underneath that goes from one side to the other the where, the heavy, yes. where the heavy spawns right. and i ran in there and there was a titan shield from the opposite team and he was hiding on the other side and i ran in there to grab the heavy and i put a shield up and as i put my shield up he did a titan slam and went straight past me and just just behind me, just where the heavy was. And all I did was take a couple of steps forward and I was out of the radius of that splash damage, turned around and just shotgunned him, you know, and I felt so sorry for the guy because he should have killed me and we he should have won the match. But unfortunately, because the super wasn't that good and we've seen all the videos of people flying past the targets, hitting the cut target and, and just falling to Is the ground. The on some of the... Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah the thunder crash, having to fly through the air and do nothing. Yeah. Half the time, like half the time when I run that class, I'll do it from like, you know, the death from above, you know. Yeah, I thought that that gets more damage based on how far you fly. But the but 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 the Thunder Crash is so, it, it's such a bad super. Like half the time, I don't even, when my super comes up, I just ignore it. I don't even bother unless I'm trying to, you know, unless I see like a big group of guardians or something or a big ad space yeah. I can clear. It's just not even worth using I as mean, a super I, half the time. I encourage you guys to use it as often as you can. In fact, let it be the new meta because there's nothing funnier than watching a Titan. Well, it might be next season. So, you know, valiantly and then off the edge of the map. I do use it in Gambit. <laughs> I do like it for my Gambit build. It's a good yeah. Gambit build. Just but, not for you know, doing like if, any kind if, of boss DPS. If he'd have used it just outside the door, I think he might have got the trajectory to hit me. But because, or if he'd even been further outside the door, he probably would hit the door above. It, you have to be that specific. It has to be really tight kind of location to actually hit somebody's it's a bit unfortunate that he kind of missed well for him anyway yeah not for so, you, no. so him. apparently that's it from them Bless today <laughs> that's it Sorry. from the bungee development team today and we're mm, going to find out more right. details about these changes when the patch notes go live yeah, in early sense. march yeah, yeah. There's there, there's worse one more little little PS on the end of that. Oh yeah, they they give a little PS that the hunter trip mines are sticky again. So stay sharp, guardians. So if anybody wasn't aware with the hunter trip mines in Destiny One, I think it was Year One and Two, the hunter trip mines were fantastic to throw and hit a guardian, and they literally stuck to the guardian, and you could get them on their heads like a little unicorn, and you'd be able to blow them up. And this sounds like we possibly may be getting back to that. Again, because that yeah. that was that was quite fun in trials to throw those out, have a double sticky um, trip mine <laughs> load out, and um, catch people unaware. Um, there was an exotic, I think it was a chess piece or gauntlets that you could. Or is it we've still got those now? Just that nobody uses them, so that might be useful. No, going ours, in it improves the 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 trip mine, but it doesn't give you double. Okay, so it was, so, there was, so can you stick the trip mines like? Can you stick them to the environment now, 
or do they just? Stick well, to you the always could now? stick them to the environment, but if you hit a guardian, it bounces ah, off. Okay, yeah, they that's, changed that's it. That's because... what I assume, but again, many... I wouldn't know. Yeah, too many people complained about it sticking to the guardian. Um, but that's the best thing. I know. Sticking, sticking grenades to guardians, giving people jaunty hats that glow in Halo and having them explode is the best thing in Halo. Sticking grenades to people in Destiny 1 was the best thing. That should always be a thing. They should never take that away. Come on, Bungie. People need, need to be loaded because up with explosives hunters. and die. They always mess with hunters, obviously. It, it was good fun to throw a trip mine on somebody that was capturing a point and have mm -hmm. them standing next to somebody and do damage <laughs> to both of them. You know, or, like or throw one and have it stick to his back, have him run back to his to his yeah. team for safety, and then they all die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but if you stick somebody with a trip mine, as soon as they move, they die, right? Uh, I don't always. No, it depends on well, the the damage, uh, the well, um, we'll resilience. See how it is here. In, yeah. No, I mean detonate as soon as as soon as they move, it detonates, right? Uh, yes, it, well, it, yeah, the, you see the damage cone hone in, but it's it's quite a slow trigger, isn't it? For it, it, yeah, I, mean, I, assume it's, I assume it, I assume it'll be like the other sticky grenades, where if you stick it to them, they can still take a step or two, or if they're mid, you know, mid slide or mid lunge, it'll still you know go with them there. But yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how many people are stick, getting things stuck to their faces in trials. I'm I'm glad about this. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm glad about this because. Whenever I used to use the trip mine uh, subclass, I would hit a guardian with it and it would bounce off. And as it's flipping through the sky, it triggers and kills us both. <laughs> just yeah. like, Which what? Is, it's just the dumbest, the dumbest thing. It's like, no, you should stick to something. Or, yeah, at least if you make contact with it, it should explode. Looking at so. you, every grenade launcher that bounces off the guardian when it hits them. <clears throat> right? <laughs> Mountaintop. Anyway. So, as promised, in addition to these explanations, there will be patch notes when the season begins. These should give you a full illustration of how the game is changing. Until they arrive, we hope you enjoy this preview. And us, at Two Titans and a Hunter, hope you appreciate this Respawn Rants. All right, well, <laughs> let's start off with the throwing knives. So finally, after all my complaining... And griping, they gave hunters a one-shot ability. Awesome. But it required precision, which tilted me because you don't need precision for the freaking handheld supernova. You don't need precision for a freaking shoulder charge, but you needed the precision for the throwing knife. So Bungie's like, here's a throwing knife where we'll even help you get the precision shot. It wasn't super tracking, but it was decent tracking and now they're like for the hunter's weighted knife we've reduced its tracking significantly let's look at that weight there significantly it wasn't that impressive to begin with right it did help don't get me wrong it did help but it wasn't like freaking truth okay it wasn't it, it, it didn't have a ton of tracking on it but here we go reduced its tracking significantly what the hell bungee and created a new tracking tech that will make the knife more faithful to its initial throw trajectory. For everybody that doesn't know what Bungie's trying to say, that means where you throw it is where it goes, a.k.a. no more tracking. So the only thing that we had that could one-shot, and even then we had to be semi-skillful with it, has now been stripped away from us. But the Titans, now they're untargeted melee, 
untargeted shoulder charge, sorry, gets additional range? What? No. Bungie has proven time and time again that they are tight and loving, and I'm sick and tired of them affecting hunters just because they don't like playing against hunters. You did a good thing, and then you took it away. It's Whisper of the Worm all over again. You gave it to us, and then you nerfed it the same way you did in D1. Bungie, I cannot emphasize this enough. You suck. Stop playing favoritism with the damn Titans and give the Hunters some love and actually leave it alone for once. Stop giving us something and then taking it away. And then giving it to the freaking Titans, right? Like with a one-two punch. Oh, it was too powerful. So we're going to give it to the Titans and make it 12 times more powerful. Your tracking knife is too good. So we're going to take away the tracking and increase the freaking lunge distance on a freaking Titans shoulder charge. Just Why? Why do you have to show your bias all the time? The game is supposed to be fun to play, not fun to play for Titans. I'm just, I was, I was very upset at this. I know I'm loud and, and Demon's probably going to have to edit me screaming into the mic a few times, but it's, it is getting a little absurd that every time the hunters get something nice, they have to take it away from us every single freaking time. And now they're talking about, they're going to buff the bottom tree of the hunters, right? Which is great. The bottom tree void stalker, which is great. But how long until they take that away from us? Anytime the hunters get something good, Bungie decides, wait, good for hunters, bad for Titan. And then they take it away and give it to the Titans. And I'm a little sick of it. I'm going to be honest with you here. If you disagree, you're free to disagree. I'm sure every crayon-eating Titan out there is going to disagree. But whatever, you know, let me know what you think. Attack me. I don't care. Every now and again, a Titan presents me with a good counter-argument that I perhaps didn't think of, and I take it into consideration before I complain even more, right? Let me hear what you got to say. Maybe you'll think of something that I didn't hear. I don't know. Whatever the case is, this change did not make me happy. And since we're talking about PvP-related stuff, let's talk about Trials a little bit, right? Trials has always been light-level dependent. D1, in the beginning of D2, anytime you've had a Trials-ish type experience, it's been light level enabled. Hell, even Iron Banner, that's light level enabled, right? Yeah. So the the epitome of PvP, the, the, the flawless card to take you to the tower on Mars, the best of the best of PvP, is now only going to be, it was going to be fully light level enabled, which I support. I'm not even a great PvP player. I might be better than average, but I'm I'm no no nowhere near flawless trials card going to the tower PvP. I freely admit that. And as such, from my perspective, I think light level should be enabled in every aspect for for trials PvP. And everybody else says, what if you don't have the DLC? Then you don't get to have the light level advantage. Sorry. The people that don't have it inside of uh, inside of Iron Banner, guess what? They don't get the light level advantage, and they still play Iron Banner. It's a little rougher for them, yes, but they play. If a guy without the DLC manages to get a flawless card and make it to the tower, more freaking power to him. That guy is outstanding, and I want that guy on my team, okay? But light level should be enabled. 
That is the pinnacle of PvP. And people complaining about, what about the artifact? What about armor? What about this and that and the other? Get it. That's how Bungie designed their game, you know? I don't know. This is coming from the guy that just complained about them nerfing hunters and giving it to Titans, right? I understand the irony. I understand the hypocriticism there. I get it. But that activity is a pinnacle PvP activity, and light levels should 100% be enabled. You work for that light. You've earned that light level, whether you bought it with money or whether you earned it. Even if you bought it with money, even if you have a season pass, you don't just get 100 levels. You have to earn them. You have to do bounties. You have to go out and do stuff. You have to get the experience to get that light level cap up, right? They've still earned it. So it should be enabled fully, not just partially, not just armor and not the ghost, not, uh, sorry, armor and not the artifact, right? Give them all the light because even if you just enable the armor, right? Non, non, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. If you don't have DLC, is their armor still 750 max? No. What does their armor go up to? Is it 950? If they don't have deals, if they don't have the season pass, it goes up to whatever the world drops are. Yeah, so, nine nine fifty nine sixty. You just yeah. can't go okay. above that because they don't have an artifact. I see. So well, no, they, have a, they have an artifact, but they don't have the the way of doing the pinnacle activities. So they can't oh, do right. yeah. they can't do the the high level nightfalls. They can't do the high level um, raids and things like that. It's the high level stuff that drops the pinnacle gear. I mean, they can play Iron Banner, and that still drops. So yeah. It's um so so why is Bungie disabling the the artifact then? Because if, if non DLC players so have I, the artifact, I'm I'm confused at your rant here. To be honest, because I'm confused. They, <laughs> they've disabled the artifact to stop people going in day one or yeah day one of the new season and uh-huh. just farming lost sectors and getting that light up to ridiculous amounts. Imagine if you why not could, could spend. M- like the four three days before trials hits and just uh-huh. go into a lost sector and grind it over and over and over and over again and get an artificial light and get over yeah. a thousand quicker than somebody could just doing the normal everyday routine and then getting that's your, not your pinnacle rewards. Because that same thing could be considered for Iron Banner. What for, if Iron mm-hmm. Banner comes out and you, you just got your seasonal artifact three days before Iron Banner? The guys that grind out lost sectors to get their light level up are going to go into Iron Banner higher. Because uh, I'll tell you why. Because nobody did that for Iron Banner. Because there's there's no there's no it reason to Iron Banner. There's there's matter. no reward at the end of Iron. Yeah, they could, but there's no there's no there's no carrot at the end of that stick. You win twenty Iron Banner games in a row, then you've just stomped a bunch of people. Who cares? Like you get your quest done faster. There's there's nothing there at the end of that. Because trials is dependent on win loss. Talking about if we're just you're, talking about like you're gonna kill the stuff. Then that doesn't really count because they said that the damage disparance dispar the higher damage numbers occur around 100 light level difference. Are they really going to get an extra 100 light level over somebody in three days using this example? No, no, but you think about that week on week out, somebody progressing their light above a thousand each week, you know, doing like 20 levels each week. Sure. Is going to be ridiculously more powerful than somebody that is just playing the game normally. Absolutely. And being able to just play against you guys, you know, would be ridiculous. So I understand why? the reason why. Why would they be they, ridiculous? 
because if you're if you're getting stomped in in, in trials and then you're uh-huh. getting stomped by people massively above you in light level, you're uh-huh. never going to go back into that act- that activity, and then it's going to kill trials quicker than anything else could. So if nobody, if nobody, then why bring it back if you're just going to set it up for failure? They're why not even have it in the failure. game. They're not setting it up for failure. Those people, they're just going to take longer before they can they can compete with everybody else in trials. But they're not going. My to. point is this: they're well, not going to come back. Then don't. Who cares? Let the guys that that play that mode play that mode, right? That's just like competitive PvP. Not everybody plays competitive PvP, except the diehards. Well, the diehards are going to play trials, right? Point is, is they've earned that light level by going to the lost sectors, by doing bounties, by doing raids, by doing whatever. They've earned that level. No, they no, might you, have more time to play. Yes, I'll I'll validate that point. They might have more time to play to get that light level higher, which would give them more of an advantage in the trials. But that's the point of the light level. They've earned that light level. Bungie should not take that away from them. Because why are you grinding? There's no reason to grind. What's the point of the grind if the, if, if the light level grind means absolutely nothing to you? In PvP, it doesn't mean anything. Once you get above a certain light, you're, you're above that light. Getting more powerful doesn't do much. So then the grind for light is going to be because of trials. But then they took the light away in trials. Right? So then what's the point of grinding light? Once you hit the max, 950, 970, 1000, whatever it may be at the time, you're done. It's going to be for the PvE activity. So the raid and the new nightfalls. Right. But once you reach above 950, you're done. I'd say there's no point. Largely in the game, there's no point to grind the light. You get to a point of light and then go do something else or go play things of that light. You don't need to be higher. There's no the the gain you're getting from it isn't significant enough to be worth all the trouble. And that's my point. That's why it should be enabled in trials because that's the one thing that people com- are competitive about. If you don't no, have I the don't, time, I, I, I or you don't have the drive you. to get, well, you can disagree. I am. This isn't a debate. This is a rant. So I'm right. Shut up. <laughs> point is, it should be enabled for those people that really, really want to go to the tower. Let him have it. Uh, is it I can time? I can go to I can go to the tower anytime I like. <laughs> can can you though? Can I you can. though really? Uh, it takes I mean, a long time. I mean, eventually, <laughs> sure, but 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 really respawn. What I want to know is who who tells Brother Vance that we brought the tower back, but he doesn't get to go there. Lighthouse. I will. <laughs> I don't like him, man. <laughs> i'll I'll tell him and then i'll shoot him in the face i don't care um but no it should it should be enabled they've earned their light level through various activities and they deserve to have that advantage in the highest competitive pvp mode there is competitive being the freaking key word there man they haven't said that it's going to be it's going to be the artifacts not going to be activated all the time it's only not activated at the moment until they can figure out a certain point where you can use the artifact mm. so have you got anything else to say on luke smith's director's cut no i think that's about it just the knife throw in the trials that's it okay so you're happy about weapons phasing in and out and things like that can you be more specific? Because I don't remember anything about weapons. No, I, 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 I can't be any more specific because there was there was a two hour chat about this, and if you missed it, you missed it. Okay, then I missed it. <laughs> oh, you haven't read it, have you? 
I watched uh, I watched the uh, the highlight videos that uh, some of the famous YouTubers put out there. I didn't listen or read the whole thing. I just got the highlights. Okay. What's your favorite gun in the game that's not exotic? Oh, uh, probably the arsenic bite, which isn't technically a gun. Okay. So imagine next season you won't be able to infuse your arsenic bite up oh, to that? the highest light level. No, that's ridiculous. I, I I hate the fact that they're doing that, but I kind of understand why. It's you know playing devil's advocate. Yeah, we use the same guns all the time, and I get that all the other guns are kind of useless unless the meta changes, right? But that is in fact the whole point of the meta change is trying different weapons, right? Yeah. But them just flat out, you know, invalidating weapons. I've always hated. Like since D1, whenever you got that raid weapon, you're like, yeah, finally. Guess what? Now it's two light level or 200 light level lower than what it needs to be. Damn it. Right? So I, 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 that is not a good thing, but I understand why they're doing it. So I'm glad that we I agree on something. It, but I get it. <laughs> would, you, would you prefer them to, you know, weapons, you know, like he said, weapons will have like a three to five season, you know, they're, they're just they're vague, like you maybe like a three to five season shelf. Are you happier with them phasing weapons in and out or with the current nerfing and buffing of weapons that they have to do because everything is viable forever? Not do you think that's viable. better or worse than you know, of that class of nerfing viable. things? Um, if it's a phase in and out, like you're calling it, that I would be okay with. Yeah. So let's say you lose well, yeah, well, It's going to be a phase in because with each new season comes new weapons. So... You lose some things, but you're going to get something no, else new. Oh, so no, that's a, that's a phase out entirely. Then no, I'm not comfortable with a phase out because then you love your weapons like the breakneck or the arsenic bite or the whatever, right? Whatever your favorite weapon is, right? Like the Oreo's gift. Remember how good that gun was, right? Sure do. And then it went away. Origin story. You know? yeah, Origin it, story. It went away and it's now back with different roles. So how good is yeah. that? I, I haven't got a good role yet, so I have no, no opinion you, on it. You're not playing the game enough. I'm not getting enough world drops. <laughs> spend more time in the world. Um, but no, uh, I don't like that. I don't like them just taking away your favorite weapons. I didn't like it in D1. I don't like it now. If I had to choose between phasing out entirely or buff nerfs, I would choose buff nerfs because the buff nerfs are... No, like, you wouldn't. Example, you complained so much about buff nerfs. Don't I even did. go there. No, no, I'm not listening. No, I'm not listening to you on that. They nerfed no, the break no. I was pissed. We've got, but then they buffed it, like and I was happy. Eight podcasts, and at least fifty of those, there has been a respawn rant about a buff and nerf. No, I don't believe you. Right. Don't, go, don't go back but on I, it. Don't. I would prefer that over phasing out forever, because at least they didn't say phase out forever. They didn't say phase out forever. That was the option that was just given to me. Well, that's that's all we wanted to offer you at the point this point in time. We can't offer you anymore. <laughs> Sorry, sir. So, moving on to Twitch Prime Rewards. More Twitch Prime Rewards go live this week. And if you've already signed up, Amanda Holiday is your new has your new items waiting for you. So everyone else can sign up now by linking your Bungie account. We went over it a couple of weeks ago. And this week or this month, Amanda has for you the poultry petting exotic emote the praxit finer the, the praxit finery there the you go yeah <laughs> has the okay. has the praxit finery story. exotic sparrow the age of tomorrow shell which is a legendary ghost shell and the sails of osiris exotic ship so if these are ones that you're missing and you do have twitch prime you can sign up for this 
So the end of the season is fast approaching us. With the Imperium Foundation restored, the last triumph to acquire the Saviour Seal has been unlocked, so players completing the seal should claim and equip to ensure it isn't removed when Season of Dawn ends on the 10th of March. Additionally, players have until 9.59am Pacific Standard Time on March 13th to claim their Season of Dawn rewards on their Bungie Rewards page, with deadlines to purchase this being 11.59pm Pacific Standard Time on the March 31st. So that's if you want to get the seal pin, the go with getting season of dawns um, triumph for your savior seal you can actually purchase that from the bungee rewards finally the player support team is working on the end of season article highlighting quests items and triumphs leaving with the transition to the season of the worthy so they'll probably detail that for you next week but roughly speaking it's there's going to be a couple of triumphs that you want to look at for gambit crucible and vanguard so there's one for doing something ridiculous like 25 nightfalls. There's complete the weekly bounties for Crucible, I believe. And some of these are, are 0% or 0 points for triumphs, but they ones that you can kind of achieve. Uh, the same with Gambit as well. I believe there's, there's those for doing many of the weekly or daily bounties for that. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have, to, I have to go visit Zavala and shove some tokens into him because I always yeah, always forget about the one. You know, gain. I think it's like you know, gain ten ranks in Vanguard or something. But by the end of the season, which I never do because I, again, there's nothing I ever need out of it. But I need to go visit him and basically visit all my tower vendors and shove tokens into their faces until the triumph pops up before the end of the season. <laughs> so the stonk market is closing soon. The community has been questioning if they can continue donating to the Imperium Foundation. And yes, you can. Uh, players will be able to donate their Polarized Factline until the season ends on March 10th. So you'll be able to get to the next reset after this podcast comes out. And basically, you know, if you've already hit a, a certain level, start getting all your bounties done this week and stockpiling them on all your characters if you can and save them until the next season because then that'll give you a left leg up on turning them in for experience points on your new season pass to unlock those quicker so that helps i haven't got any videos or tips trips or guides this week because everything's kind of coming to the end of the season a lot of the youtubers are just doing videos on the stuff that luke smith put out the videos and the twab and it's kind of everybody's kind of just mainly focusing on doing stuff towards the end of the season and completing badges and triumphs and things like that so there's not a lot of build videos so hopefully when we get the new subclasses and there's new weapons come in there's going to be a lot more stuff to actually look out maybe there might be a few things next week but i'm not entirely sure yeah stop how your bounties now's a good time if you know if you are playing all three characters or if you have a neglected character go on them you know do as many bounties as you can just hold you know hoard those bounties so they're ready for the next season turnover if nothing else, it gives you a leg up on a little bit of experience, maybe some new weapon drops, and then you can cycle through your other characters and nineteen minute respawn both. I have a I have a treat for you because Bungie has actually sneakily hid the the big list of things going away at the end of the season Ooh. that they that they hid into the help section. What? So <clears throat> so the season of dawns ends at the weekly reset. March 10th, which is sooner than you think. So here's the list of things you need to do before the season ends because they're going away. So your Season of Dawn, Season Pass, and bonuses from the season, gone. 
Season of Dawn Steel and save your title. Your incomplete items in the Season of Dawn Collections badge will turn invisible. Your emblems and shaders and quest items from the Season of Dawn, the lore for Constellations, the Lantern of Osiris Seasonal Artifact, the player power increase from the Lantern of Osiris, Polarized Fractaline, Obelisk Bounties, Time Lost Weapon Bounties, Time Lost Friends Consumable, Fractaline Skimmer Consumable, Light Fused Fractaline, Sundial Arena, the Sundial Spire, the Destination Obelisks, the Tower Obelisk, the Quest from Osiris, the Quest from State 14, although the Bashing Quest will still be available, State 14's Bounties, the Devil's Ruin Exotic Quest, they will bring the Devil's Ruin back in a future season, and the Season of Dawn Artifact Mods. My renowned! <laughs> exactly. So a reminder, all of that goes away at the end of the season. And there's a whole bucket of triumphs that are also going to go away, which are for tuning kids, sit back, this will take a second, your Tingled Shore, your Mars, your Nessus, your EDZ, and all your global residents. Residence all goes away. Your Race Through Time, your Link Repair, your Undefeatable, your Legendary Scion, your Flayer Slayer, your Inner Tim's Ruin, your Sundial, your Bastion, your Saintly Savior, a Path Remembered, Bound by Duty, Saintly Duty, Devil's Ruin, Tower Obelisk, Central Power, Power Overwhelming, Empyrean Restorer, Torchbearer, and your Season 9, Power Bonus, Progress, Combat, Challenges, Valor, Valor Legend, Glory, Glory Streak, Iron Banner, Engagement, Rituals, Vanguard. All right, all right, all right, all the things. And all yeah. other Season 9 triumphs. <laughs> All go away at the end of the season. And we will put that link in the show notes if you're tired of listening to my big dumb voice read all these things. Nice. So yeah, so get those things done before the end of the season because they go away forever. And like Night Demon said, you know, both unlock and equip. Bungie made a point to say and equip the savior title. So maybe there's a bug with it next season. So if you have it, just equip, equip it to a character. You don't have to leave it equipped. Just equip it once. Make sure it's there. Make sure it works. So you don't want to do all that work to, to get your title unlocked and then not actually have it because things break. So um, now that that's <sighs> done, I got, I got uh, the last two um, people crying because they got banned. If y'all want me to read those. Yeah, in a second. Okay. As soon as I give you some some good updates. That we're getting with the season of War when it becomes available on March 10th in the 2.8.0 update. So your prime attunement buff that I know we've all been missing will once again show up on new characters after a previous character deletion. The Pigeon and the Phoenix lore will become available again for those who earn the lore. For those who ignored it, you still won't care. The empty Solstice of Heroes gift message from Tess will no longer show up. And Tower Travel Loading Times will be returned to normal. Lies! What, what do they it's class as normal? I, I don't know what they class as normal. Normal. <laughs> it's all normal the normal. way it used to be? Or normal the way that they're going to say it used to be and it's actually still long as hell? Normal. And that that's all we have for this, other than, uh, you know, everyone crying about getting banned to the game. Maybe. So, Rieswan, one of our good people, you know, definitely haven't been cheating or doing anything, <laughs> anything untoward. Another guardian wouldn't wouldn't right. be aimbotting or or using apps or anything to to make bad things happen. Absolutely not. No, it's entirely Bungie's fault. So this guy right here, he was just straight and to the point. I would like to know why I was permabanned, and then he follows it up by Bungie. Are you okay? And Bungie, I guess, 
got tilted and said your account was banned for running a destiny specific cheat tool designed to provide an unnatural advantage over other players. Your ban has been reviewed and upheld. And this is why I say Bungie got tilted because on all these other ones, Bungie just says, this is what you did, right? Or you're banned. We reviewed it. You're still banned. For this guy, Bungie actually gave him a link that said more information about what you did can be found here. Like so he they're so know. confident. <laughs> so they're conf- he's so confident that Bungie's going to be like, oh, we're sorry. Bungie's like, no, you're banned. You're still banned. And this is why. Here's a link to it, buddy. <laughs> Bungie just got tilted at this so guy. So wait, wait, wait. Can, 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 we not, can we not follow that link to, to, tell, to see what exactly he did? Um, is, I link, is, is it just for that guy or is it for the whole world to see? It's it's for this guy. And oh. I guess it's been taken down since then. Cause when I take it there, it says, oops, this cannot be, this forum post cannot be found. Oh, so that's too bad. Yeah. It it does suck. But I, I love how Bungie gave him his own specific link to show him <laughs> why he's banned. <laughs> <laughs> we got some shout outs here. I can do the shout outs too. Since yeah, really you, I, a lot. We, we've, we've had a bit of community feedback and listener feedback. So yeah, take it away. Respawn. I, from a Jacob Minshall. Or if it's Men's Hall, not sure. Spelled the same way. What's your guess on the new with snipers getting a nerf? So Night Demon has pointed out, he meant to say, what's your guess on the new meta with snipers getting a nerf? But that one missing word makes a lot of difference. My guess is... Why are you calling me out on that? Why didn't you just read it with the Because that's what I do. No, that is what I do. So I already did just it. read it again. My, it again. my guess is 1k voices. Then Demon, being the guy that he is, responded. You're probably not wrong. Not that res <clears throat> not that respawn is going to be a part of it, or even be aware, to be honest, <laughs> laughing face because <laughs> you're a bad person. Thank you for your email. I will make sure to pass this on to the other two. Regards, Night Demon. So regarding that demon. I don't like you anymore. Don't talk to me. So right. you'll Hi guys. About it next you're... week. <laughs> Shut up. Just because it's true doesn't mean you have to voice it. Hi guys. You keep asking to promote a clan. Well, mine is recruiting it me. Know what details you let need. me know. Why'd you do this? Because <laughs> I'm a bad person. You are not. Just... <laughs> Just say it. Say it with the let me know what details you need, and I will send them over. Thanks, not Arf. So, oh, the guy's name is not Arf. Now that makes way more sense. Okay, so um, he said he wants to promote his clan, but I don't see the clan promo in there. Well, he wants to know that you know what we're looking for. So basically, not Arf. Uh, what platform or platforms do you play on? What kind of activities do you do? And if you're sort of like in a particular time zone or area, just let us know. You know, so people people that play on your platform and maybe live in your time zone can come join you. What kind of person well, you're looking for as well, really? Yeah, you know, you may be looking for what platform you play on. People that aren't respawn. And what time so, are you on? There you go. Yeah, how many respawns do you want? Yeah, <laughs> all the respawns or none of them. Speaking of which. For everybody that's out there, oh god, I now have Destiny 2 on my PlayStation 4. So <laughs> I have Destiny on every platform now. Oh. Just saying, I'm currently, no, you listening. don't. I do though. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. You, you have so, overlooked what may be the easiest platform to go flawless on. 
Switch? Nope. <laughs> it's not available for Switch. Stadia, I know. Um, <laughs> but I don't count that one. I am currently listening to episode 57, and I want to stop Respawn and say... Ooh, okay. What you... Yes, make bows require special ammo. Ta-da! No, be right? saying stop you saying that. No, he, he's saying... Okay, okay. It's, uh... Yes, make bows require special ammo, but not all of them, and don't touch the primary bows. Leave them be. I kick ass in the PvP with bows as they are. I'm worried that if bows got a buff, the community would turn around on them and complain, making Bungie nerf them so they're weaker than they are now. I shall now continue with the episode. Lol, I hope you're having a wonderful day. Smiley face. So, if they were made special weapons, they would get a power buff, I think. They would have to. At the end of the day, Musical Plant, that, that's who sent that message in. Nobody listens to Respawn, so I think you're safe with the bows. <laughs> i hate you so much also i don't see his name these screenshots you're sending us don't have everybody's name on them all the time well no because so, it was part of the the next bit that you're going to read out because he okay. wants to promote his clan oh this didn't even show up okay i see it now that took a while to show up uh yeah okay so his name is a musical plan uh Greetings, friendly guardians, smiley face. My GF and I have decided to make our own clan and would like to let people know it's out there. It's called Ancient Magus Guardians of a casual kind and open-minded guardians. The name itself is a reference to a somewhat underground anime. So although ideally we'd like a group of anime lovers, the minimal requirement is that you're a kind, considerate, guardian well i'm one of those two things no can you guess which one i am no <laughs> no you're open I'm an anime, that's about it I, i'm an anime lover the other thing i might not qualify for uh and i i know what anime they're referring to by the way um it's kind of a weird one with no my we won't get into it. uh please announce it, it to the next it, it's it's ancient magus oh that's okay. the name of the anime yeah i had no idea so um, i had to ask no, it's 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 an ancient mage that has a goat for a head, and he's not really human, and he falls in love with a human, and it's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. So please announce it on the next chance you get on an episode, smiley face. There's definitely no bullying or hate allowed in this clan. Huh. Sorry, Respawn. Right? Oh, yeah. It's on PSN. That's probably important. My name on PSN is Knight... Kane Hurst, all one word. Knight with a K. Kane, C-A-I-N, Hurst. Knight Kane Hurst. Anyone with questions can message me there. Smiley face. And we'll put a link in the show notes with his name so that you can find him. Yeah, we're, yeah, so we're up to 78 lovely YouTube subscribers. And uh, Ibuprofen 1KG, Tracy Offen, and Small Bean, and... He's forgotten. No, I'm trying to catch up. I'm I'm scrolling. Crispy, crispy uh, bacon, one eleven. Scroll faster, buddy. Crispy bacon, bacon one eleven. Are a couple of our recent subscribers in the thing? Oh, <laughs> his name is Chris with a P bacon. <laughs> Dude, your name is Little amazing. Things. Little things. You're you're a great person, and I love you. <laughs> and then, yeah, we had a couple of recent comments, which. I've seen and liked and replied to, so they know I love them. But Jackson Meyer says, imagine getting recluse three seasons later. Huh? 
cries internally. Yeah, that, that was me, buddy, with, with Gallahorn in, uh, in D1. So I, I know the feels. I do like how he's got a hunter picture there. That's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's a hunter man or if he just likes that picture. He's trying to suck up to you. I hope so he, he's definitely, you know, on, on that on that train of, you know, getting things a couple seasons later because Jackson Myers, again, I don't think you've tried this yet, but use Wish Ender in Gambit Prime. It two shots the Envoys. It does a ton of damage. I finally got it five seasons later. Now, I did see this when you put like that many of our clan, And members. I'm curious, is this mm-hmm. pre or post uh, nerf? But not nerf, uh, glitch. The Wish Ender uh, glitch. Is this the Wish Ender glitch you're referring to? or I'm going to have to try that out because I haven't tried Wish Ender by itself inside Gambit Prime. So I'm going to see if it does two shot yeah, the Envoys or if it, that was because of the the glitch that was happening for a while. Yeah, you, try out. you tell us next week. Yeah, it was a comment on episode fifty, so about five weeks ago. So whenever that fell in the in the glitch world, so yeah, it should yeah. been should been post glitch because it wasn't that broken from like I don't know December Christmas time frame. <laughs> yeah, and then <clears throat> one that you know we talked about earlier because it was apparently very confusing to my poor dear co-hosts. Two times <laughs> in a hundred way to get people to stay and listen. Get a seventh column for the intro gameplay. You're welcome, Jackson. You're welcome. So I, I think that's it for the week. I, I'd just like to say thank you to all our YouTube subscribers, everybody that's commented, everybody that's kind of got in touch with us. Thank you. Just keep it coming in. Um, yeah. Thank, thank you, you for staying on so long. And putting up with us every week. I'm not sure how we put up with us, but I'm glad you guys do too. So thank you. And not much is getting cut from this episode, so it's probably going to be about a three and a half hour listen. Um, I, I apologize now at the end. You're welcome, Andy. <laughs> yeah, Andy, this one's for you, Andy, who is who has given up his his hunter brethren and gone warlock main. So now we know at least one warlock, guys. Maybe yeah. two or three, even. And I don't mind giving up hunters to warlocks because, like I've said many times, if I swap off of my hunter to do something, it's it's gonna normally on a titan. No, you, always a you always say it's no, a titan. You always say it's a titan. Never a titan. There yeah, are many me. recordings no. of a titan. Nope. I said I have um, played on my titan, but if I'm mm. going to jump characters, it's going to be the titan, buddy. Yeah, titan. No, I, you're a liar. T- tune in next week for every instance where Night Demon finds respawn saying titan and putting them <laughs> just like every time he says hunter, just replacing it with titan. Yeah, you know he's going to edit some nonsense like that too, but no. That's too much work. He won't do that. If I'm going to play something else, it's going to be a Titan, and I have said that multiple times. It's going to be a Titan, and I have said that multiple times. Times. I have played on my Titan, and I have said that multiple times. Multiple times. Times. Titan. 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 Going to play something else. It's going to be a Titan. Titan. I have said that multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple times. But if I'm going to jump characters, it's going to be the Titan. Titan. And I have said that multiple times. Multiple times. Multiple times. Titan. 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 And I don't mind giving up hunters Titans, because like I've said many times, if I swap off of my hunter to do something, it's going to be a Titan. I think that's it, Parody. Will you give the peoples the deets and um, take us away? I will. Deets. So, so thank you once again for joining us. Your Titans are Parody and Night Demon. Your Hunter... And sometimes Warlock has no one responds in real life who can now be found on PS4. You can email the show at two Titans and the Hunter at hotmail.com. You can find the show on Twitter at two Titans underscore Hunter. You can find the show on Instagram at two Titans and a Hunter and on Facebook and on YouTube and really anywhere you can type it into Google will show up there. You can join the Frozen clan at join.frozen.party. That's frozen with a zero. You can find your favorite guardians on Xbox Live. 
and Respawn on PS4 and PC. You can watch your show on YouTube. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere fine cast. God damn <laughs> You were right there, so, man. So close. Right, right there. I could see I could see the end. I could see the raid exotic in my hand, and then I dropped it, and it rolled into the hole, and then never to be seen again. So, yes, listen to our show. Leave us a review. Give us some feedback on just how badly we read words and how, how we can't say things and forget simple things in the game. So No, no, that's all edited out. Don't worry about that. Oh, no. The leave people, it in. They, they know in their hearts and minds that none of us can leave. <laughs> leave it's it fine. in. We haven't said a lot of curse words. Just leave it in. Oh, yeah. So uh, I wish you guys a very happy leap day. This is a bonus day we're getting in the year. It so sure That's why forward. we're recording yes. longer. Oh, go nice. forth and enjoy your bonus day. <laughs> bonus Thank day, you, bonus Jeff. podcast. And deuces, everybody. <laughs> Please tell me you're not leaving that in. <laughs> If nothing else, get the poultry petting emote because it's one where you hold the chicken and you pet it lovingly because you can mix that with many other emotes. You can smash your chicken into a, into a lovely pulp. You can wave it above your head excitedly. There's lots of things you can do with that chicken to chain emotes. So it's worth getting for that alone, if nothing else. I mean, I would just say that it's worth getting because it's the freaking general. Come on now. Do you really need any other reasons besides that? I mean, why are you trying to sell the general, dude? The general is the general. The fact that you can get him as an emote should be God tier. Come yeah, on, man. Yeah, but but if I say get the general, people will go general who? No, they won't because if you say the general, any true hunter knows who the hell that is. Yeah, that's why. That's why when you said the general, I was like, oh, the chicken has a who knew? You didn't know the chicken had a name? <laughs> nope, sure didn't. What? <laughs> Oh, you're a Titan main anyway. Who cares? Um, if Bungie put it into, into the game, into the story, maybe I'd. But, uh, they did! Respawn. They, 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 when Kane is petting his chicken, he calls it the General. Respawn. Yeah, but then respawn. they and, and now the General's a lo- lovely ramen dish ingredient. So Par- Parody. Parody. Can I, Present. Parody and Respawn. Can I just point out one thing? No. Okay. His name's the Colonel. The Colonel. That's what I meant. (laughs) Any true hunter knows who the hell that is. Shame. 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 Any true hunter knows who the hell that is. Shame. 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 So Respawn will be back as a Warlock main next season because apparently he's given up all of his hunter cred, as have the rest of us. So <laughs> amazing. Look, look, look for our three warlock trials carries runs we're gonna do because none of us know how anything works anymore. So, warlocks ahoy, everyone! Continue next week for three warlocks and nothing else. Also, this is probably gonna make me sound even worse. This is probably gonna make me sound even worse. But I knew the chicken's name was the Colonel, but my fat did. ass. My fat ass was looking on an app to get food, and I was looking at Panda Express. No, no, and I saw no, you, no, you are not not even using that one. That is the no. worst excuse ever. <laughs>